Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 202, Furious 7, Lap 9. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe 2. And this episode's brought to you by Jacob's Hack. What is Jacob's Hack? Jacob's Hack 2021 is the 7th edition of Jacob's Hack. It's a student-run hackathon where student hackers from Jacobs University Bremen come together to create and collaborate on kick-ass projects over the course of 24 hours. Shout out to Jacob's Hack. That's what an exclamation point. That's why I was... I know. I, I, I Googled it when... Because I usually Google it to make sure I get the spelling right. Because I know that you uh, you have your very complicated email system where you're correspondence yeah. with all these sponsors. And I don't, I don't know have a, I don't have the password to that. So I want to make no. sure I got the right password or the right, the right spelling. And it's rare to have a sponsor with an exclamation point. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. First for everything. Joe, after the break, we will be talking about Furious 7. But extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Rachel and I were playing the video game, which is kind of rare for us, but we were playing the video game It Takes Two from the makers of, what was it, The Last of Us, I think. And they're like simple, cooperative games. Um, I find them very, very fun. They hold my interest really well. Um, They're two-player games, and there's like a lot of like cooperative in the sense that like you need to do two people things at the same time but the controls aren't very difficult yeah it's made by haze light studios it published by ea the, the, the game they made was a way out they did not make a way the out of Us. sorry sorry that's what i meant wildly different game wildly different yes but i remembered you saying that and i couldn't remember the other game so yes a way out was good and the, a way out yeah, both was of, pretty- both of those games are co-op two player same time two of the thing together yeah mostly story there's like you know like heavy influence on story a Way Out was kind of like Prison Break if it was a game for two players. Sure, okay. This one is like you play as these little dolls and there's a little girl that's really sad that her parents are getting divorced and like you're trying to, you know, be the parents and in turn, you know, getting them back together. Um, but the game is fun. It's just like a lot, it's like puzzly stuff, easy controls. I really like it. Um, it's great for Rachel and I who, do, like Rachel doesn't play a ton of video games, um, I've pretty much retired from video games. It's a nice in-between there. Sure. So, not watching a whole ton of sports things. That's about it. That was like the main... Oh, also, I didn't tell you this other part of the story, but like, okay, I'll tell like the first part of the story. I'm getting a new roof because I'm getting solar panels on my house. I'm really excited yep. about it. So on Friday, they just dropped everything off. Like, Rachel dropped me off at work. She comes home. She's like, oh, I guess we're getting a new roof. Like, we didn't hear any updates from them, but there was just, like, a bunch of roof materials in our driveway. Okay. I was like, okay, cool. And so, like, yesterday, I was, like, expecting them to show up. Just, like, you know, they didn't tell me, but I was expecting them to show up. They didn't, but they call me at, like, 5 o'clock yesterday. They're like, oh, we'll be there tomorrow morning. That's fine. I was like, what time should I expect them? And the lady's like, they'll be there at 8 a.m. And I was like, Rachel, I have a funny feeling that, like, these kind of guys aren't 8 a.m. guys. Like, I'm going to set my alarms for 7, just in case. Um, 7.03, they ring the doorbell. Cool. And they're like, hey, we're here to do the roof. There's like 15, 20 guys in wow. my backyard. Okay. Okay. I'm like, cool. Like, this is going to, they're going to bang this thing out. This is awesome. They're like, sounds good. Um, You know, can you just like move the car? And I'm like, pull my car up further in my driveway. Then I look outside and none of them are there. Um, they put a giant, Interesting. they put okay. a giant dumpster. So like, and then like two minutes later, a guy with a giant dumpster comes, puts it in the driveway. I'm like, cool. 
We had moved the car. They haven't been back. It's now 5 o'clock. Oh, actually, sorry. At 2 o'clock, they came back. <laughs> Two of them looked at the roof and then left again. So I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Um, apparently, I'll get a roof at some point. Uh, maybe not today. And it's supposed to rain, like, the next three days. So, like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. But cool. they haven't been back. It's Yeah, it's 5 o'clock. Like, I'm like, they can't... They're not going to be able to do this in two hours, right? Like, no. From what I've, from, you know, I've I've now talked to three solar companies. Yeah, it's one day to do the roof, and then one day to do the solar. So yeah, and I have my my solar part scheduled for next Wednesday. So I'm like, good luck, guys. But whatever, right. I didn't do any of this. Fuck it. I'm just yeah. Anyways, those are my two main updates. Um, how are you doing, my friend? Well, I have a solar update. I'm not going to do it on here because it's it just sounds like me whining. But I'll tell you uh, okay. later off mic. That's cool. just you know. Bullshit. It's an industry I feel like plagued by uh, hucksters and yes. stuff. And, yes, uh, yes, This did not help me feel any better about that. But I will talk about that later. Cool. So that was that. Let's see here. I feel like I've done a lot of things. Thursday night I went to my parents' house because we record on, on Wednesday. Thursday I went to my parents' house for dinner. And then I saw The Card Counter in theaters, which is a new Oscar Isaac movie written and directed by Paul Schrader, who did Taxi Driver, most recently I think oh. did First Reformed. It's a poker movie that's also about way more than poker, and it is very intense. This is one of those ones where maybe I should have watched the trailer first. I mean, I still really liked it, but thinking it was going to be about poker specifically or card inc- counting. exclusively, <laughs> it's it's about that, but not really. So um, really good, though. I recommend that. Friday night, I was out, and then I came home, and I messaged you. I can't believe that you didn't bring this up, because it is your personality now, according to Twitter. Yes. But uh, I got back, and I was like, just like on, I was clicking around different sites, and I'm like, oh, Racer Trash is on Twitch. Very and true. And so we, on the Speed Racer episode on our Patreon, TooFastToForever.com, we talked to Garrett Smith about that. And so I watched like one. Oh, that was a Patreon episode? So like... Yes. Okay, so yeah, we we talked a lot about Racer Trash on that episode. Okay. Can't talk about it here. It's nope. a Patreon exclusive. Zip, zip, zip. Zip, zip, zip. But we watched that on Twitch uh, for a while. They did a uh, See You Again mashup, which was kind of fun, but it was it was great. So they I think they go live like once once a week or maybe once a month or something, but it's it was awesome. So that was Friday. It was Dune. It was based on Dune this time, though. Yeah, this was Dune. And apparently, this is one of their longer ones, one of their better, one of their more popular ones. I was talking to Garrett about it, so oh, that's uh, cool. I think he's seen it before. Then on Saturday, I went to the Yankee game where they lost 11-3, which was Whoa. cool. On Sunday, they lost 11-1 to, uh, to a team that is very bad. Um, and this, you know, it, it only took, you know, an hour 20 to get there, like two hours, not two hours, maybe uh, an hour 40 to get home, ex- like $45 to park, expensive yeah. to eat. Like, it, it's all, you know, what a, what an on-field performance from the, those, these are New York <laughs> Yankees. What'd you eat? What'd you eat? Grade. Did you eat anything good? Come on. What was the food like? Uh, so Yankee Stadium kind of sucks, I think. Really? Well, like, I mean, it's underwhelming. City Field is a lot better. I so love City Field food, man. So this was originally, this. I think I probably said on here, like a month or two ago, we were going to go to a Yankee game, me and Bob and my friend Dylan and Dylan's wife. And the game, we were in the stadium, the game got rained out. Did I okay. tell you about the story on here? I don't remember. I anyway, that's that's the story. They were like, you can either swap these tickets for the uh, split admission doubleheader we're doing this Sunday or go to any other game. We're like, we'll go to any other game. So we went to this game on Saturday because it was Don Manningly bobblehead giveaway day. Okay. And we're like, that'll be cool. So, but instead of this like being four people, suddenly all of a sudden became eight or nine different people. And it was just like, oh, we're never going to get in the stadium on time for these bobbleheads. We just like gave up that ghost. So Bob was like, why don't you I just need... why don't you just like go and be like, hey, meet me inside? Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, go ahead. 
Bob is like, if we want to get to the stadium at 11, what time do I need to be by, be at your house? And I was like, 9.45. He's like, cool. So he gets here at 9.30, and we leave, and we're to the stadium awesome. by 11. And we okay. get there, we park. Parking is easy. It's expensive. It's right there. And the line is already insane. Like, crazy oh, insane. Oh, I hate and that. And so Dylan, who lives in the city, it's a 20-minute subway ride away, isn't there he doesn't we don't think the tickets he's going to give us are going to work it's just like it's a whole thing and like not that they're not going to work but i think he needs to be there it's like one of those kind of like fancier ticket entry things or whatever and so we're like i guess we'll just you know hang here and drink or whatever so we went to this bar near the stadium and we were there until like 1 30 even though the game started at one and then we get inside and like it's a bad game obviously number one but like people they, the people are just trying to hang out me and bob are like why are you why are we here why are we why do we come to the game spend spend money on the game on the tickets on the parking on the driving and everything to not watch the game so it's just like one of those kind of things oh, but so I mean, you i think that there's different level of no i know baseball you, game people yes cause like I, I know but you you and brian are the same way it's just like i don't have to watch the game i can just be in the stadium like yeah. i don't want to do that i have zero interest in that then you can like, go sit and watch a game you don't have to stand with other people well, that's so that's the thing so that's what i'm getting to so okay. me and bob and dylan are sitting and the game gets out of hand they give up seven runs in the fifth or whatever and okay. they're like we're gonna be in center field come meet us in center field so i'm like i'm gonna go get food i go get food i come back to the seats they're gone so i'm like where are you guys <laughs> and they're like oh we're in center i'm sorry and i had bought the popcorn or the, the chicken fingers and the french fries bucket because i was like oh they're nice. the seat i'll share it with them yeah i sit down I, it's by myself, and I'm just like, fuck. I, I, I wouldn't just like. I wanted a hot dog. I should have just bought a hot dog. Yeah. What? What are you doing? Well, I was gonna share with my friends. I was sorry that I'm trying to be a good friend to share food with them, that's and then they abandoned thing, but me. Like, that's a good thing. But like, just get your fucking hot dog if you want a hot dog, bud. Like, come on. I'm not the bad guy here. You're not the bad guy, but you're the, you. You should have. Don't set expectations on other people ever. Well, if they had texted me, hey, we're leaving, because I was online for a while, and that's if fair. they said we're leaving, I would have been like, okay, cool, I'll get a hot dog. That's, that's, that, okay, touche, they should have just been like, yes, okay, that's consideration. So I had Come meet salty, me and then we, oh, shitty we left. chicken fingers for $20, right? It's so, okay. I mean, well, that was par for the course, but. <sighs> that was Saturday. And then Sunday, Mike came down, or well, then Bob came over, and we did some How to Win the Lottery Pod, whatever, and then Sunday, Mike came down, because there's a new Nicolas Cage movie out, Prisoners of the Ghostland, so we recorded an Elvis pod. And then we watched Prisoners of the Ghostland, which is in select theaters, but also on VOD. So we watched that, then oh, cool. did an episode about that. Cool. Um, so that was cool. Those episodes are already out, The Cage and The Elvis. And then he left, and I watched The Vikings lose again. Um, very, yeah. very cool. And yeah. then that was Sunday. And then since then, I've been – I was telling you sort of. I've been – I flipped – my office and what was used to be my guest room, oh, which so is this now is no recent. longer guest room. Okay. Yeah, I did this on Friday into over the weekend. Okay, cool. And so I was, I have, I used to have a spare bed set up that like nobody ever really used, but like yeah. having it, yeah. I'm like, this is taking up too much space. So that's in the basement now. And I moved this. So I'm just trying to get things. So I just like keep moving things and I'm waiting for other furniture. I'm waiting for this and waiting for that. So like it's still in progress. So I just feel like I'm moving things all the time, all day long now. So it's kind of fun to do, to be honest. Like when we flip the living room around, like it's just fun bullshit to do. So yeah, I just you know I, I want to get a tread. I bought a treadmill on Craigslist that was like eleven hundred dollars that I got new for three hundred. So like it's a great deal that I like new in box. So like I want to get that set up. I don't think it's going to fit up here. I might have to put it downstairs. I'm just trying to make it fit. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it is what it is. It is what it is, man. Oh, and then I watched Reminiscence, which was the HBO Max movie that went away on Sunday night. I watched it on Sunday night. It's not Strange Days. It's way worse than Strange Days. Did you guys watch it or no? (laughs) No, because I saw it and I was like, 
this is fucking Strange Days. I love Strange Days. It can only be worse than Strange Days. It's not at all Strange Days. Like, it's not, it's okay. just memory. Like, Strange Days, there was, a, this is just like, people want to live in their past. It's just a very generic kind of thing. It's an original idea, so I don't mind that, but it's just, it was not great. So whenever it comes back to HBO or wherever it winds up, yeah. you don't have to watch it. I know, just because I was like, I mean, you know, we talked about it here. Like, we fucking love Strange Days. That's now my go-to New Year's Eve movie. And so, like, whenever I saw anything that even looked similar to it, I was just like, I don't think you could do better than that, guys. So I don't. I didn't watch the trailer because I don't watch trailers. But the I don't... trailer looked just. It was like the squid on the head, the fucking memories. There was a girl yeah, singing. It's not even like the squid on the head because the squid, like it's the VR thing. This is just they get into a tank and they relive memories. It's like post-apocalyptic, like uh. Uh, climate change, and they're just. It's like a mystery. It's like a detective story. Like it's not at all. Wait, structurally or narratively or anything like Strange Days and like I'm not saying that as like a good thing yeah. or bad thing it's just like it's, it's just not different. that so if you're waiting for if you were hoping for that it's, it's not, not that. that and if you were not hoping for that it's something it's still different. not that so yeah I have so. a funny I have a funny just like a tiny story that um, we were watching Seven Worlds One Planet or whatever the David Attenborough thing and mm-hmm. like obviously it's all about animals and like and somebody comment like one of the reviews of it was like could use a lot less climate alarmism and, and like oh well whole, it's like well kind of the point that's one that's the point and two like what do you want to be like all the animals are dying but it's okay you know like what's the what's the alternative to right. that like right <laughs> so sorry you just reminded me of that like climate alarmism by david attenborough <laughs> Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, people, I mean, you, you can't make people happy. That's what we learned, right? So. It's just like, did you literally just want videos of animals eating and fucking each other? Because, like, with no commentary at all? Like, I don't know. I'm sure man. people do want that. I, I think people do want that. I do, too. <laughs> Whatever. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all for supporting the $5 a month level or above. At the end of this episode, we will announce next week's movie and our next Patreon bonus episode, which we will, on that episode, we will announce next year's themes. So if you want to be in the know, TooFast2Forever.com, get those bonus episodes, please, and thank you. We have an email address, family at Cage Club. I mean, no emails today. Our our mailbag is, you know, I got to check. There's like, you know, the I think there might be a hole in the bottom of the mail carrier's bag. We used to have so many emails. Now we haven't had them for a We're while. Getting, but uh, our our email our mails mixed up. We're getting our email or our mail forwarded to a, a wrong address. Maybe I guess so. Maybe it's going to thirteen twenty seven. I don't know. It but, is uh, oh, not here. So if you okay. want to email in family at cageclub.me and our We're store getting a at ton of other messages though. Like, are we? I, I don't know. We got some on Twitter. Like, I mean, people check in. So, like, it's I true. hear from people. But. The evolution of Too Fast, Too Forever. The Evo Lancer of Oh, nice one, sir. Thank you. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Two things. Number one, today as a recorder, recording on Tuesday. Yes. F9 Blu-ray out now. If you, you have it. 4K. I do have it. Very exciting. How's the book? Like, how's the how's the packaging look? Normal? Case is nice. There's there's no the inside. So sometimes the steel books have like art inside. Yeah. It, uh, not doesn't have it. It's just a plain steel book. Steel book, which is you know fine, whatever. Cool. Um, actually, I want to see. Hold on, let me find out. I'm gonna go get it. I don't know what's on the back cover. Hold on. On the front is the 
is like a, a black and white picture of Ramsey and Letty and Tej and Dom and Mia and Jacob and Roman and Han. Okay. So it's F9 in the director's cut. And then there's a charger below. And okay. on the back, it's just a charger with a big nine. So kind of underwhelming art, to be honest. Yeah. Then on the disc, there is all the, you know, it's a color picture. It's kind of the, the big art ciphers on there. I think that the disc itself is the it'll be extended cut. And then when you redeem the digital copy, it has both, which is kind of a cool thing. Okay, so the disc is just the extending cut. Because you I had the reverse so. happen sometimes, I know, right? but this one is, is billed as F9, the director's cut. Like, as opposed okay. to the Fate of Furious, which I think was just, like, I, I don't know why. And I've, I've been annoyed about that on here before, that, like, the disc, which is the, quote-unquote, the best way to watch it. Like, the best video, the best picture. Yeah. F8, you know, Fate, it, it you, you have to watch the digital copy version to have the long, for, I don't know. But this, I think, I believe, is... The full deal, You'll real find deal. Out in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. Because on the disc it says unrated or not rated, so it would have said, "Well, maybe that's both." Because it's PG-13 and not rated, so maybe it's both. I don't know. We'll find out. But pick it up now in stores. F9, the director's cut. Okay. One other thing that I've seen: Sun Kang wants them to bring Giselle back, which of course, obviously, duh. I thought I thought that was like already like a a thing. Didn't like. Didn't I mean, Michelle I th- Rodriguez I think it, say that? Or I think it's else? never not been a thing. I'm sure yeah. it, that was... So this is from our friends, not really friends, at Screen Rant, where it's probably like he was on a podcast or he did an interview. And they're like, yeah. hey, would you like to see Giselle back? He's like, absolutely. Oh my God, Sung Kang wants Giselle back. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> not the... Not the uh, Ludacris is like, do you go to space? And he's like, how did you guys find out? Right. Yes. Not like that. This is just like a, oh yeah, we would love to have, I love working with Cal. Okay, of cool. Of course. Yeah. Duh. Any news that you've seen in the last no, week? No, I haven't seen any Fast and the Furious news. Then the final thing to do before we take a break is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 28. A minute I called the Fonz. Mm. Once we get in here, you're on your own. <laughs> Look at that one. Hey, where'd you get them cars at the bottom of a cereal box? <laughs> hey, <laughs> real funny, Fonzie. Roberto, Enrique, I need pictures of the drivers, their license plates, their cars, and anything else you can find. Entiendes? Entiendes? Gracias. Let's go. Keep your mouth shut and follow my lead, alright? I got this. In this minute, Brian, Monica, and Roman pull up to Carter Verone's house. The other drivers make fun of Roman and Brian for their flashy cars. Monica talks to Carter Verone's henchmen, Enrique and Roberto, about race prep. The drivers all walk away, or all walk toward Enrique and Roberto as the minute ends. So I did some digging on some characters here, which we'll get to in a second. This looks awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Two things of note in this minute, uh, or three, I guess. Monica Fuente is doing a little bit of Spanglish, talking to them in both English and Spanish, which is cool, and taking mm-hmm. care of business. Mm-hmm. Kind of scummy that Roberto checks out her ass as she walks away. I don't know if you noticed that, but like, no, I didn't. As she walks away, he like looks down. Kind of scummy. Enrique does not. Enrique is a better man, but okay. uh, Roberto like looks. Which one down is Roberto like, with the hair or without the hair? Enrique bald, Roberto hair. Okay. And the only other thing is, you know, this is where the name comes from but Fonzie's name is Corpy K-O-R-P-I and I'll talk about him more a little bit 
he's Fonzie because he looks like Fonzie. He's got the Fonzie yeah. hair and the muscle shirt or whatever. But Roman gives Fonzie the thumbs up like the A. And then Fabio's real name is Darden. But before I get into what these actors are best known for, is there anything here? Because this is... It's again a tough minute maybe for you, but anything you noticed in this minute? The last car in the line was the Challenger that we see at the end there, the orange one that comes back in the, like, what is it, the tag team race. I forget, Craig Lieberman had, like, a word for it that he used that they were using on set. I don't, it was called, like, the circle race or something. I forget what word he used for it, but he described it before. On the front of the Challenger, they have a year one plate, and year one is a company that makes muscle car parts that you can buy muscle car parts from. So I guess that year one must have, you know, gave them the parts or the cars came from year one or something, something, something. But much, much, much cooler is Carter Vrone's house. Carter Vrone's house is 100 Southeast 32nd Road at Brickell Avenue in Coconut Grove, Miami Beach, Florida. Um, I have a nice picture of it here. You can see, if you click on the Google Maps there at the top, you can see the beautiful shot of the gate right where Monica Fuentes was. And cool thing in this Google Maps picture, I kind of said it like this, and I'm sure you can see why, is because for some reason there's a cop car parked in front of the house, which I thought was kind of funny. City of Miami Police Department. Yep, City of Miami Police Department. If you turn the thing around, you can see like, um, if you just do like kind of like a 180, you can see where Brian and all the other guys were parked along the street across the street there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some cool facts about that house too. Oh, I also found the like Trulia info of the property of like how much they estimate the properties. It's kind of like Zillow, right? Right. It's like yep. how much, like how it's, it, what does it have? It has four bedrooms and 11 and a half bathrooms. Oh, and something funny there was you can like look at the map on the map. It has like crime around the area and all of the like crime around the area was like theft from in a car and grand theft auto and i was like how fucking appropriate very appropriate okay but this house was a 14 acre estate built in 1971 once belonged to sylvester stallone which is pretty cool oh cool okay yeah and um stands alongside the famous villa Vizcaya, which is in ace ventura pet detective okay and um the two mansions were once uh, one and the same, and then they split them. So I think that's a pretty cool facts about the the house of Carter Verone there. 100 Southeast 32nd Road at Brickell Avenue in Coconut Grove. Yeah, and you could like pull up like right to the gate. I was like, oh, that's something to keep, you know, keep in mind. And it's kind of like right in downtown fucking Miami. So like yeah. you could just like roll up there if you want. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like right across the bridge. So very cool. Anything else of note in this minute? Or are we going to hear about these actors? I think that that is about it. Tell me about the actress, please, sir. So we got Enrique, who is the bald henchman, uh, best known for this movie and for eight episodes in Chicago Fire. The actor's name is Mo Gallini. Uh, he's a limo driver in Mulholland Drive. He plays a the character Hood, H-O-O-D. Like it's just, you know, like a, like a thug, I guess. Mm-hmm. An X-Files episode that I have not gotten to in the rewatch, but it's in the season we're about to start. But of note to you, he plays Tough Guy in Seinfeld's The Mom and Pop Store. Did you watch that is, episode? I did, where the, the shoes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he gives all the shoes to the guy, mm-hmm. and, and Kramer gets, what's up with your ceiling? <laughs> yes. He fucks up their whole business. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good So one. I don't know who Tough Guy is in that. but uh, So here's the thing. A lot of these guys who even the, you know, in this movie, you know, Fonzie and Fabio are a little bit bigger, Enrique and Roberto are not tiny parts, but they're all, like, all four of these dudes are mostly just, like, either cops or criminals, like, either credited or uncredited, usually without character names, you know, a bunch of things. Like, they've all acted a ton. They've all worked a ton, but 
you know, they're, they're generally like, a, oh, yeah, he plays cop in this or whatever. So yep. tough guy, hood, whatever. Roberto, who is the guy with the hair, the Carnivore's haired henchman, is played by Roberto Sanz Sanchez, best known for this movie and for two episodes in Queen of the South, which I think is a show that's either currently on or just ended. He played a cop in an episode of Arrested Development that had Charlize in it. So we did that for oh, Watch yeah. the Throne. That's right. He played a cop in Always Sunny and Mac and Charlie Die Part 2. Um, so, again, just cops in things. Corpy, who is Fonzie, his name is yes. K-O-R-P-I, Corpy, one of he's Ryan Roman's main antagonists. Yes, he's played by John Chenatiempo, who has done stunts on 238 movies. Mm-hmm. He's acted in 67. He was a cop in True Romance. He was in Lethal Weapon 3. He was in seven episodes of The Sopranos as Anthony Maffey. Um, he returns as Corpy uncredited in Furious 7. Yeah, we've seen him before, remember? Yes. Yeah. It's still weird. Like, my brain was just like, is he? Because, like, it's the movie we're watching for this episode. So I was just like, it it, it broke my blends brain together. for a second. Yeah, yes. and blends together. Yeah. Uh, he was a sergeant in Baywatch, which we covered for Zack Attack. He's also, like, a big guy in Scorsese movies, I think, because he's Italian. But he's in, like, I guess Joker's not Scorsese, but it's in that world because the De Niro thing. But, like, he was in The Irishman. He was in... Uh, the Departed, he's in a bunch of things just like as sort of like, an, like a tough Italian guy, right? Yeah. And he's best known for stunt work on I Am Legend, Born Ultimatum, Too Fast, and Deja Vu. Like he's best known just for, you know, the IMDb listings there. Yeah. And then the fourth main guy, the, the big one here was the, the Seinfeld thing for Enrique, but Darden, who is Fabio, is played by Eric Etabari. He's best known for The Lincoln Lawyer, Boss Level, Too Fast, and Witchblade. But the cool thing that I found is that Darden and Corpy, a.k.a. Fonzie and Fabio, were both in this year's movie Boss Level, which is a Frank Grillo time loop like Groundhog Day action movie. Okay. So it's just cool that, you know, Fonzie and Fabio reunited still together. Yeah. 20 years later in Boss Level, right? That's really, and then really I have cool. here, and I'm going to look a little bit more in depth in the next minute or two when we actually see them lined up. But I have the names either, I think Paul, I think these are the character names. Maybe Paul Hackett, Max, somebody, Joe, somebody in Feliz, somebody. I think those are the other drivers here. Yeah. I don't know for sure. We'll get there when we get there. Because the other thing, like, you know, you know I have hair blindness, but I was looking at Fabio. Darden, you know, Eric Edabari now is just like a clean cut dude. I'm just like, that's not the Fabio hair. Like, why would you <laughs> cut that wonderful hair? Yeah. But uh, it was him. So, yeah. So I like here that you did the uh, this is like a trivia question. I think this is a trivia rare, question. pretty rare, but um, Joey didn't have a trivia question, and I saw something that I thought was a pretty good trivia question. I want to get your take on it. I don't know if you think it's as good as I I think, think. it's good. I, I cleaned it up, and I did the thing, so hit us okay. with it. Okay, my trivia question was, what hand gesture does Roman give to Fonzie? Because I was, he gives him like a really goofy like <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, the options are a thumbs up, an index finger point. Mm-hmm. I said the finger... And then the OK symbol, like, eh. But I think all of those are good and plausible. You know that, like, he does something. Thumbs up, and also thumbs up kind of is like a context clue, because Fonzie, right? Uh, to use your terms, you can uh, you can logic your way to that one, right? You could you could definitely logic your way to that one. So I thought that it was, like, it was fair, it was interesting, and for a minute that doesn't really have much other things happening, because we're kind of, like, setting up thought it was a good one so i'm glad you agree bud yes i was looking ahead like i think even like by the end of next minute like we're still like carter's not going to be talking so like his real arrival will be in like two minutes i think because i was trying to figure i was trying to confirm it was fabio so i was going ahead ahead a little bit and like i guess i think the next minute is again them like largely walking toward the house so next minute another like just this minute like this minute another minute in transition but you know we're getting there i also was sad that 
I mean, it makes sense, but I was kind of sad doing research here that, like, I found that, like, Trulia link or whatever, but, like, there's no shots of the property inside. Mm. I get it because it's, like, a gated property. I thought that, like, there would have been, like, some listing, but it it was last sold in 99. So whoever rented it, whoever let them use it still owns it in theory. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So if this comes out in 03, they're shooting in 02 probably, and so, yeah. I mean, well, at least on paper, right? So, but if it was if it was sold more recently, you'd probably have the like Zillow listing of like what the house looked like and what's inside, and so, you know, because you have to do all this shit for selling a house now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and we don't have that. So, I'm curious to see what it looks like in the in- inside. I hope somebody sells it for a ginormous fucking profit soon because it's worth 19 million dollars, and they pay 400 thousand dollars a year in property taxes alone. Fuck Ooh. me. I know. And uh, if they do, then I would love to see the listing. I'm sure it'll pop up on screen. I want Tyrese to buy it. Tyrese don't got 19. You want Dr. Dre to buy it and Tyrese to leak it on video. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That that also works. (laughs) Just like he'd be like, I'm in fucking Carter Verone's house. Nobody knows Dr. Dre's buying this tomorrow. (laughs) Right. God damn. Easy. Easy peasy. Yep. I think that works. Well, Joe, let's take a break and let's come back and let's talk about Furious 7. by Jacob's Hack. 24 hours filled with programming, tech talks, games, and epic Nerf gun battles. Shout out to Jacob's Hack. Shout out to Jacob's Hack and welcome back to the show. With us now to talk about Furious 7 in Lap 9, we have a festival programmer, indie producer, and co-host of the Maximum Filled Podcast. We have Drea Clark. Hello, Drea. Hello, Joes. Yes. Joe Squared. Thank you so much. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I'm super excited to be here. You also um, very nicely let me put in a request for at least a couple of my faves. I'm a big fan of this whole franchise, but I was relieved to get this one especially. So I'm always happy to oblige because there's some sometimes people are like, I'll talk about any of them. I'm like, that doesn't actually help me in terms of figuring ones out. But when people are passionate about certain ones, we want to talk to him about that one because that's the one that matters. I mean, I don't know if you're of the same mind. We're going to find out shortly, but like we're of the mind that there's no bad Fast and Furious movie. It's just ones that we like less. But if there's one that you're particularly passionate about, let's get into it, right? Exactly. Exactly. I would assume that you've seen all of the movies. Is that correct? I have. We actually on my podcast Mm -hmm. last summer, when the panty was underway and the theaters were all shut and we were all like, oh, we live in bunkers and the world is terrible. We were trying to figure out something really fun to talk about, but that would also make up for the fact that there were no new releases. Yeah. So we did all of the films in four weeks. Ooh. It was a lot. And to this, and I saw them all in the theaters, like as they came out. Okay. But, Very cool. um, <laughs> it's easy to get them conflated and like intermingled anyway. But when you rewatch them all in such a quick spirit, like, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they're definitely one just big amorphous movie for me at this point. 
but for sure. And I, yeah. I think that uh, spurt that you guys did when you did them all, I think that sort of made waves in our Twitter universe. And I was like, oh, I need to talk to all of these people because they get it. <laughs> they understand. They care. There's a lot of people who love this franchise, but there's not a lot of people who like are willing to go deep on all nine, ten, whatever out at the time in the span of four weeks and then podcast about it and then like join other people's like there's it's a special kind of fan and so you're you're family already even though we don't know anything about you really you're family (laughs) already thank you well as you know that's what's most important so of course and uh i might share this with you guys but i don't have friends I have Ooh. family. So. Oh, you're, you're yeah. right. You're right with yeah. us. You took me. You took me for a second there. I, I was I was wondering where this was going, but <laughs> thank you. So now you said you've seen. Did you have you seen all of them in theaters, going all the way back to the first one? Um, I feel like I might have seen the first one because I enjoyed Paul Walker a lot from okay. Joyride. I feel oh, like this was okay. I feel like this was post Joyride, and we will definitely talk about him with this movie, but. He's always been a really interesting leading man character. No, I mean human. But like a, <laughs> he's an interesting leading man because he is like all of the prototypical American, like super handsome, charming, very masculine, masculine sure. pursuits. And yet he has like such a, a unique like lieutenant vibe. Like that guy, to have a guy that handsome and leading man looking who has regularly been cast as a best friend in so many things and is comfortable <laughs> in that is a really was a really unique uh, attribute so yeah i i think i even saw the first one i know i definitely saw from two on but i'm pretty sure i saw the first one in the theater as well well that's street cred that is you know oh, it's, rare, it's worth its weight in gold here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i would say fewer than half the people that we talk to i mean sometimes we talk to people that are like i don't really like this franchise we're like why are you here but <laughs> the people who the people who you know have seen all of them i would say it's it's probably less than maybe like a less third of the people third, i haven't yeah. i started five so like or six in theaters oh, right so like wow. yeah, okay. i was i'm a very late convert so you have impressive credentials already yeah i hope i sound more impressive than just like aging myself like <laughs> ooh, this this I, lady's been going to the motion pictures for a long time you've been supporting cinema for 20 years that's all it's a positive thing <laughs> yeah, it's not a i'll take thing. that i'll say um my best fast and furious screening i believe ooh. it was for fast five but okay. we went, I, I live in Los Angeles, and we saw it at the Hollywood Arclight, and it was just opening weekend. It's the best time to go, and it's this full crowd. I went with a big enough group. I had to buy, like, eight advanced tickets, and I was mm. like, ugh. We had to sit in the third row. Like, it was so close. Sure. And I was like, I'll, I'm still going to do it because we're going. And then it paid off because the entire effing cast showed up Ooh. during the closing credits, like, unannounced. And it was, they apparently just went around L.A. that night in, like, a party van and we're just going theater to theater and like that's so up. cool but like vin diesel had on like a full like white like head to toe track suit like <laughs> and it was so crazy because they didn't have a i think like the credits were playing over them like only us in the front were like that's the effing cast like the people in the back did not they were like why are there all these people wandering up in front of the screen because the credits were like over their faces like it was bonkers and so in my head like there's also for sure like tyrese has a picture of me screaming in an audience because they were like filming the whole thing on their cameras and stuff too it was so fun and bonkers i love that that's really awesome yeah i 
I think I've said on here before, I saw this movie at the South by premiere, like it was a surprise screening sort Ooh, of thing. Yeah. And so Tyrese was there, you know, basically smooth talking the entire crowd. It was wonderful. I love that. But uh, at a different thing, and it ties into this movie because it's Kurt Russell. When mm. I saw Bone Tomahawk at... <gasps> fantastic fest the whole cast was supposed to be there and i was like i'm gonna sit in the front i want to be as close as i can to jack from lost and to kurt russell and then i'm sitting there on the front and then like word comes down that kurt had like slipped and fell and hurt himself and wasn't gonna be there and i was like no everybody else was there but i'm like i want to see kurt russell like that's the guy um bone tomahawk so good that's a whole other story yeah Uh, and matthew fox jack from lost is fantastic in it it's maybe the best thing he's ever done joe have you seen that one or no no I've never seen it. I think you'd like it. It's a very slow Western that like suddenly becomes a horror movie. Oh, and that's it's cool. I like the sound really of that. Really good. Yeah. It's I, I love Westerns, so I'm like drawn to it. But um yeah, I will say there is like a, an extended moment of body horror that I just straight up had to mute. Because it goes on for so long. There's one thing in there that has been seared into my brain for the last six years. There's one like motion and sound and i don't know how better to describe it without going into detail that i'm sure you know what everybody who's seen the movie knows what it is but i'm just like oh yeah i never need to see this again but it's burned into my retinas yeah yeah so now maybe the most difficult question of the night maybe the easiest question of the night can you please give us your rankings of these movies and please unless you have some reason why not please also include hobbs and shaw Ooh, okay. That's easy. Hobbs and Shaw. Would, oh, do you go from bottom up? Whatever way you, you want to build I'm more gonna suspense. Do, I'm going to do bottom up because that would begin with Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, my guys. I, lo- I obviously, and the caveat with this, because I am a fan of these movies, so I can rank them and I have, to me, what I think are like the definitive reasons of why my sure. rankings are okay. correct. But also, I really enjoy all these movies. So it's not like, oh, get rid of right. kick yes. this yes, guy yes, yes, out yes. Exactly. of my moving vehicle. The reason Hobbs and Shaw would be lower for me is I think tonally it's one that although it has some really interesting comedic moments, they are not in line with a lot of what I think of the franchise's comedic moments, which are you know primarily just between Tyrese and uh, and Ludacris. Sure, but yeah. there's you know there's like a wackiness to it. But for me, the reason that it's lowest is. Although I love Jason Statham and I highly enjoyed him paired with The Rock. And I think that there's such a great interplay there and like such beautiful physicality of their breakout scenes and all that. I can't forgive this movie and and all of the uses in this for how cavalierly they just forgive Owen Shaw. Like, yeah. he, you know, like, fine, we get a fake out later with Han and whatnot. But literally, the movie we're going to start with, he, we, oh, we meet him because he has just, Statham has just killed all of these human people. Yes. So for me, I'm like, no, no, you get to be the bottom of the list because obviously I have no need to have physics proven correct, but human life, human life, I need to see the, the reality of that. So. I, I don't want to jump ahead to the conversation about this movie, but there's something I realized this time. You know, it's sometimes like when you watch a movie for the 12th time, you realize a thing that you've never thought of before. But like mm-hmm. toward the end, they have the gearing up montage where Dom's getting ready and Deckard's getting ready and they're all getting ready for war in Los oh, yeah. Angeles. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we shouldn't see Deckard getting ready. 
Like, he's the villain. We yeah. shouldn't see equal... We sh- there shouldn't be equal weight paid between the two of them unless they're already insinuating mm-hmm. you're going to want to care about him because by the end of the next movie, he'll be in the family or something. Like, it feels weird to cast equal weight between our hero and the villain when we don't, we're not really following, like we don't see Deckard go to that warehouse in the middle of nowhere and like make his dinner. Right. It's, it's weird to me that like, there's the balance struck there. And I just, it's, it's a strange thing that I don't know if we want to talk about it now or later or never, but I was just like, what, this is strange. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. The, uh, many series and franchises and singular movies over the years have done like a redemption arc for villains, but this one felt sort of egregious and unearned. And then it's that, bold. that, yeah. whole- that whole moment yeah the one you're talking about with this movie of no that's not how that works this isn't right. like let's see all our buddies you're like no the villain shows up <laughs> we see our guys get ready yes. but you know you get you want that state the money in there you want you know you're paying yeah for his uh, mug, so yeah. his mug gotta be used true yeah. true true okay so we got Hobbs and Shaw in last place what's right above yes. that right above that would be the fate of the furious okay a movie I enjoyed. The audacity of the submarine sequence is like, <laughs> come on. That's just like a dare. Someone someone dared. They were joking around in pre-pro and we're like, what if we... And they're like, yeah, let's. And I, I love that. I think that whole exchange is very in Fast and Furious. I actually really liked what Charlize Theron did with this. And, you know, the fact that she was wearing the like the white lady dreadlocks that Angelina Jolie wore in um, Gone in 60 Seconds seemed like a nice thematic carryover. Of course. This one, again, the reason that it wouldn't be higher for me is because there's another disconnect in how all these characters are coming together. It's the beginning of the Shaw redemption arc that I don't think is earned. So, like, it would be hypocritical of me to mention that with Hobbs and Shaw and not with Fate of the Furious. You know, what are you going to not love it? Like, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to love them. I get it. You I know understand. what? There's also there's also I will remember the other thing with this one is this is it's you know the whole thing of uh, like Vin Diesel wanting to stretch his actorial wings and but there's something about all of these stories are about Dominic Toretto being the glue between these people and that this is set up as if he's doing a heel turn. And yet no one actually seems to think he is like, there's never a thought in audience or any character's mind that in fact, he's actually gone rogue or gone bad. They're all probably like, Oh, well, you know, I'm sure we're going to find out that this is for something really meaningful, like, which which sort of cuts it off at the knees. And if you extrapolate it even further, it's like, well, family, like it has to be family, right? You you might not know what family, but family. So it's yeah. Yes, I agree fate then what's next okay so next would be too fast too furious okay yeah that's usually pretty low yeah i know i think it's probably normally lower than i have it but like i said i take the shaw stuff really seriously (laughs) um also i have a, a kind of soft spot for too fast too furious because it is such like these these movies are fascinating like just to look at all of them in a row and see how each one is taking on what it's how it's succeeding in different box offices what different markets it's hitting in like all of the ways that like 
audience research filters into what these movies are giving you is really interesting. And so there's a constant learning curve and too fast, too furious is maybe the steepest because when you go from the first movie, which is pretty straightforward to this movie, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It's like, it is to me, it's this bold thing of, okay, well, we're not going to make a globally, you know, recognized billion dollar box office franchise about a couple of street racers in Los Angeles. However, can we make this thing international? Can we bring in even more girls butts? Let's yeah. get some funny guys in there. Like it's, you know, it's really sort of upping the ridiculousness. They they were they were asking all the hard hitting questions. Butts, funny guys. Miami, all exactly. of that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, those things that really matter. Yeah. It's a family. Exactly. <laughs> it's a families, yeah. Exactly. All right. After Too Fast or before Too Fast, however we want to go, what's next? Okay. So the next one for me would be Fast and Furious, the fourth Number four, movie. okay. I love how these titles are, of course, neither confusing nor set up for easy parody <laughs> at all. This one I liked... Um, obviously, you know, I like them all. This is, again, it's another sort of, you know, like it's another big step forward in like how it's trying to repurpose and retool this franchise all the time. But because this is the one where we have, again, Dom on this like wah wah mission, like he, you know, like <laughs> Letty is sort of dead, sort of dead. <laughs> and, um, uh, and so there's, you know, like there's a kind of bummer energy to it. There is. And it's then, down. Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt like it's also got all those effing tunnels. So even though, sure, because, uh, you know, one of the heavy lifting that this move, these movies have to do is constantly like, okay, cool, cool. Character growth. Sure, sure. Tension. Okay. Dramatic conflict. Yeah. Now, how do we work the cars in? And this movie is like, okay, we have a mountain. Sure, sure. We have to cross borders. Okay, sure, sure. Can mm-hmm. we drive through the mountain? So it just, <laughs> it, you know, it felt sort of more insulated than the other ones. And a lot of like the action, because of that, it felt more of, I mean, there's, you guys might be surprised. There's a lot of CGI in these movies. But like, no, no. Yeah, I know. I hate, I hate to be the guest that uh, breaks that to you. But <laughs> no way. Maybe that's. That's you mean smart. they didn't actually go to space? Oh, no, that happened for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, they definitely were. real. Yeah, yeah, that part was for sure real. I guess for me, it it didn't feel as action-y in the way. You know, like, they were doing what they could with the action, but when you combine that with, like, wah, wah, like, oh, I'm going to get this. This is all for Letty. Like, no, <laughs> settle yeah. down. Yeah, I get it. So then I have uh, F9 at okay. number six. Again. Love this movie. Of course I love this movie. Um, It was like, I saw it in the theater. It was one of the first things I saw coming out of the panty. Now that I'm back out of theaters, I'm glad I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was good. Like, this one is higher up for me. Like, I get the return of Han and that the just glib explanation for it. Like, oh, yeah, that Mr. Nobody. Like, (laughs) what? That's amazing. Thank you. Don't even bother trying to retrofit this. Like it made me think of, I don't know if you guys watched the TV show 
Sherlock. But there's this whole cliffhanger, like one season where Sherlock seems to jump off a building to his demise. And then he's alive in the season opener the next year. Okay. And then they never really answer it. They give like, <laughs> they give like a couple, like, and then they're like, yeah, it's okay. You're fine. And you're like, what am I? And that was kind of how I felt about Han. I'm like, I guess I am. Cause I wanted him back, but what? But yeah, so like they're doing this. I, I, this one gets lower down on me because John Cena, 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 who is like a charming, a, a remarkably charming actor, so void of charm or interest in this movie. It's yes. almost shocking. What? That's your, that's what you're going to, for villains? Like, anyway, so. Well, we always say like Hobbs kind of started in the same arc, right? Like he was like very just oh, like yeah. stern military guy. So like, I'm hoping I have optimism for where John Cena's going to go in this. For sure. Like I have hope for him. I loved him in, oh, what did he, he was in, that came out right after this, the, um. Vacation Friends? No, 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 no. The, su- <laughs> the, the, no, oh my God, the Suicide Squad. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, 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 and he's wonderful in that. And so, yes, no, I have no, I have full faith in what's coming up. Also, yes, they they went to space. Like that was set up as a joke at some point, and then it happens. And I do, I like how this movie integrates bringing back our Tokyo Drift guys. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of fun nods in this. It's just sort of a hodgepodge mess. Ass. It's it's a good. It's a yes. There's a lot. Have you seen the director's cut yet? Oh my god, of F9? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. It came out on digital two weeks ago. It's on Blu-ray today. It adds like seven minutes. We spent Ooh, half okay. an hour a week or two ago breaking everything down. It adds, like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, we're like, is that new or not? But, like, it Ooh. adds a few scenes. You're like, oh, okay. That's pretty so interesting. Yeah. I would say at some point, either rent it digitally or, you know, if you're into the buying the Blu-rays like me, buy that. But there's like seven minutes you know, in a two hour and 23 minute movie that becomes two and a half hours, there's some interesting additions already to the F9 canon. And were they primarily, I'm guessing not action, right? Because no, 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 it's not. There's a scene where another scene where Letty and Mia are in Tokyo. Oh, that makes sense. A longer scene between Dom and Jacob. There's another scene with Cardi B. There's a couple other scenes that are interesting. That makes sense too. Sure. Yeah. I would like to give a shout out. My friend Dan Casey wrote F9. And he is a, a filmmaker whose first film I programmed at Slamdance Film Festival, like... Oh, that's cool. 15, 18, so many years ago. Because as we've already established, I'm hella old, apparently. <laughs> but um, the irony of that is his first film, that he, and he had directed that as well, like, uh, he had a title card for it that I remember that said the budget of this film was $577. <laughs> and I kind of love that he... <laughs> However many years later, ended up writing a trillion dollar movie or whatever. True. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. We started from the bottom and now we're in space or something. Yeah, that's and now joint, he's that's in space. Lyric, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Dre, we're in the top half okay. now. The best half of the Fast and Furious. Now the sure. fast in the Fast and Furious. What is your number five movie? Okay, my number five, and I will, I'm very happy and happy to stand by this. Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. It is one of the few, other than the first film, that gives me an actual sense of car culture. That I'm sure. like, oh, I actually believe that all of these people are interested in this very specific mundane thing. And that they're spending their time. Oh, and that even, like, this is one of the few films that the driving, it, it 
wasn't necessitated to like wedge it in midway like ooh, how do we it was so much more organic because it was actually you know that's what these characters are doing and that's you know like it's built up to a race it had a much more conventional like it's shaped like a sports movie you know yeah and and I really like that. You get your fish out of water. You have your 40-year-old teenager like, <laughs> immersing himself in this Tokyo subculture. Yeah, it had such like strong um, tropes to it that are so enjoyable when they're done well. And, the, and it's also one of the few because you get a sense that a lot of the race, again, I know it's not all practical, but I did believe like, oh, this is structured beyond uh, around this concept of drifting and this is a real thing and i feel like oh we're actually looking at something that exists in this world and building a story around it versus the rest of these which again a lot of these stories just feel like dares like yeah. ooh, i dare you to write something about this in there and this <laughs> one this one felt a lot more like oh no this is if i was gonna kind of get into this sort of world and then make stories in it, it would feel more like this. I like that dare. You, that's the second thing you said, the dare element thing. Cause we, we say a lot that, you know, we think that they somewhat to a certain extent, like listen to the fans and hear what they're talking about. Like, okay, they want Han back. They want their space. Like, can we do this in a credible way? But I think it's funnier to be like, yeah, I bet you can't write a screenplay where there's a submarine that has like a, yeah. a nuclear submarine that needs to stop with a car. It's like, well, just you wait. Give me 72 hours and I'm going to write that scene for you. Yeah, no, there are absolutely so many dares throughout this of just like, I, so, I mean, like the stunts alone. Every, the minute that they started introducing the concept that a vehicle would make a soft landing pad for someone. Yes. Yeah. That's when it was like, oh, oh, we're doing that. Okay. So I see your... Letty falls and he catches her with his outswung hand. And I raise you a the rock falls 18 stories and lands on the top of a tank with a woman on top of him. Like, dare. Like, <laughs> well, Drea, as we know, some things you just got to take on faith, you know? Like, sometimes <laughs> cars are just soft. Just don't miss. Yeah. That's don't so miss. true. Sometimes they really are just so soft. All right. So you've got one, five, six, and seven. I would say sort of unanimously at the top four so the, you're in good company here what is your fourth favorite all right fast and furious movie my fourth favorite is fast and furious six okay um part of it is because of what i just mentioned there's this great thing of like again they have now just decided on their own set of physics and yeah. so there's a sequence like and it's always letty and dom like those are the people like he she has to like jump off of the, and then he's gonna like so he like crashes a car so he can be sort of launched from the car to her already falling body because yeah. she's going off a tent like amazing and then of course they land on another car but for me this movie is all about the beautiful beautiful stupidity of the world's longest runway with the mm -hmm. world's biggest plane and that is why i want to go to movies like <laughs> because I could see the plane in the trailer, sure. I could be like, oh, I bet there's... I've seen I've seen that before. People chase someone down on a runway. Nuh-uh. Not 20 you've minutes You've not worth seen of it for... Exactly. You've not seen it for 20 <laughs> full freaking... A whole act 
just on this <laughs> runway where they had to like the amount of every single article afterwards was like if it was actually a runway that long it would have been 18 right. miles or whatever yeah. like that's just there were like 15 different story beats happening we lost giselle we had do you know what i mean there's so many just in this one chain and like that's yeah you gotta be in my top for that like love it that's a good dare. Yeah. Hard to argue with. My number three is just the OG, the Fast and the Furious. Cool. Okay. Um, it holds up. It is a like I've mentioned before. Like it is very obviously. It's tonally different. It's even the world building they're establishing here isn't really consistent through the rest of them. But what you're getting is the sense of priorities of these movies. Mm. And there's a lot of unique things there. Like, of course, there's nothing that's ever going to be funnier than saying the word family in relation to the Fast and the Furious because it's like so branded, but that's, that's there from the beginning. And yeah, it's, it's built in and it's, it's a really interesting balance of something that could be so machismo and so dude, bro heavy that still has, heart to it and some depth and texture and you have these men who are you know carrying different burdens and having like the different Mm -hmm. weight on them of expectation and of connection and and yet they end up developing a friendship and they end up sharing there's a lot in here that i think is is unique for even for what that genre could have been and it's, yeah, it's just a, it's nice. It, it's always, always going to be funny to me that the cops in it are stationed in this, like, beautiful, modern mansion. <laughs> They're like, oh, come over to this dining room where we have a de facto, like, whatever, like, war room set up. And you're like, why are you in this fucking house? Like, yeah. what is happening? You know, we've we've never actually talked about, I mean, we broke the first movie, in addition to going every lap and doing this every lap, we also did the first movie minute by minute, and we didn't really talk about that. I, in my head, always assumed that, like, it was like a rental, that they were only there for a couple weeks, but, like, it I never... Like they repossessed it or something. Yeah, I, I never took the next step to yeah. explain why they did that, or, like, no. why they were but, there like, at why all. why'd you like, set up an office in it? Yeah. I don't know. I have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, because it's not like anyone's meant to live there. Brian doesn't have the money. Like, it's not a cover for anyone. It's a repres- it's like the equivalent of oh we got this crack car like it makes zero sense of right. why they're in yeah. this house other than yeah we want this movie to be a little sexier and police stations are ugly like, <laughs> at okay. least like in the in the second one like Carter Verone is a drug lord millionaire so like they can have yes. a beautiful house there here it's yes. just like oh yeah they're just in like a two or four million dollar like bungalow where like actual famous people lived and owned and whatever and right yeah no it's just it's just a police house. And but again, it is there again. It's sort of nodding to where they're going. Of no, if we can have a way to make it look better, we will. And don't worry, we won't explain it. Like it doesn't matter. It just looks better that we're in this house. Yeah. You don't want to see us in an ugly office, do you? No. Enjoy the house. It's escapism. Yeah. You know, even yeah. as grounded as it is, it's still escapism. So yeah. yeah. I also want to shout out Rick Yoon. I think he's so good in. Oh yeah. The Fast and the Furious and. I think he dies, right? Like it's a real right, shame. Yeah, it's a real shame. Back. He's one of the few definitively dead people because I would love yeah. to have Johnny Tran back. Right? I would he really, truly. really love to have him back. Yeah, he was so good. He was like legit menacing. I missed him. 
I missed him. Also, like the small stakes of where they end up, like the idea of they're like, ooh, someone's stealing DVDs. Like it's so, so great and just stupid. Like there's, they're like all of these high stakes for like $100,000 total worth. Of, you know what? Let's all get four cars that can all drive perfectly and we're going to pull over these semi trucks so we can steal nonsense it's like oh we you guys we got this huge beanie baby or beanie baby load like, we made it like so silly it would be it would be a whole whole other franchise altogether which i would adore still hey give them time let's not again the dare thing you think someone hasn't mentioned beanie babies to them like all right next movie beanie babies pogs or tamagotchi pick any of the three oh. but you gotta put it in there <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good dare. That's a Fast and Furious dare. They'll yeah. do it. They'll do it. Okay, okay top my two. next movie. And again, I know that I'm not alone in these, um, but I still feel that way. My number two is Furious 7. Yeah. Um, this evening's movie. It is the most emotional. I, once again, rewatching it, bawled the entire last 15 minutes or oh, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also, uh, you know... I watch a ton of movies and I love big blockbusters. Like I deal so much with low budget indies that if I can see like just a dumb amount of money on screen, I'm typically happy, but I'm also pretty critical because if you have that many resources and that kind of budget, how dare you drop the ball? So something like furious seven that, you know, there's so many moving pieces for these kinds of movies anyway, to retrofit a story this complicated that has like five to ten leading characters essentially and to lose one of your main actors not just for this movie but for the franchise who's sort of the heart like i said paul walker was such a tremendously interesting talent and also it seemed like it it part of because of the man he was just a very likable kind of the glue that binds quietly yeah. rather than like leading loudly and to lose that kind of character decide what to do i think that they handled his loss so perfectly by letting brian remain alive in this universe and to give him this beautiful heartfelt send off but on top of which we can i'm sure when we talk about the movie you can get into but on top of that why i think it's so impressive is that they looked at you know he'd shot what 50 percent of his scenes and looked at that looked at scenes from previous films looked at whatever nonsense dares they had that was the script for this one and we're like how do we jerry-rig this all together not just to cobble a performance for him but to to make it make sense and they do like the fact that he has entire interactions there's a whole thing you know his oh i mean like and tony jaw like there's this that whole thing of chasing tony jaw that could have been an act one chase do you know what i mean like they could have done but they make it so like no this is a pivotal moment and we need brian to like do this thing and the entire mission will fail if he doesn't get that like he gets a hero moment and they give a lot of those anyway i think they did such an incredible job making that happen i've seen people incapable of making that happen with all of their actors living through production yeah (laughs) yeah yeah very very true and then you have the correct i don't want to say uh, i don't want to overstate it but you have the correct number one i think so and you know fine like I know it's not the maybe the boldest, but I do think it is correct. Like, you know, it's the Fast Five 
or sorry, just fast five. Get that article out of here. No the. Yeah, no, no the. It's t- we're not. It's not fast enough if you have the the. No, exactly. Fast five is again. You have these fantastic tropes that they love, and so in this you have like the cop and the family guy. What the family guy? <laughs> like, but just the idea of like. The Rock and Vin Diesel squaring off in this way. You have that incredible train sequence. And then the call back to like Mark Schultz's character. Like, you know, weaving through all these things. There's just so much. But then that final set piece with that vault. And that they make, you know, that they have all of the characteristics of like a heist film. Set up on such a stupidly huge scale. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's it's amazing. Like, oh, we're gonna like that they do a like a trade-off, like oop, like dealers to oh which which cup yeah. which ball or whatever is the cup which cup is the ball on I'm like with a safe that's like knocking down entire bridges. Like the entire city of Rio is decimated. Yeah. I it's just it's so fun and it feel it's it's one of the it, you get there and you're like oh yes we are making a global franchise now we are around the world now we have hot butts in so many different area codes like <laughs> it's it's doing it it knows what it wants it gets there and it's really fun so i have a question that we don't normally ask that joe and i actually ask each other on air before we see a new movie, see like, you know, when one of these new ones comes out, but we've not, I don't think we've ever asked a guest this, but I, I think you've set it up in a way that I think you'll have an answer. I think you'll know in your heart, yes or no. And I don't know if the answer is yes or no. Ooh. With two more movies mm-hmm. in the main franchise, either 10-1, 10-2, or 10 and 11, however they're going to name them. Don't you mean Fast 10, your seatbelts? Fast 10, your seatbelts, or FX, if you're, if you're led to believe, mm-hmm. you know, Vin Diesel's son's, son's haircut, haircut. Yeah. right? Oh, Lord, sure. Do you think there is a chance that either of these movies will be better than Fast Five? <gasps> what a question. I was really wondering where you're going and I did not I, know. I would love, I'm I, my, my brand basically is optimism and I try to be optimistic about everything. I mm-hmm. don't think, just with how much is going on, I don't think they can make a better movie than Fast Five. We might, you know, it might be more fun. I don't even know if it's more fun. No. I, it's... It's it, the Fast yeah. Five is just such a high bar to clear. I feel, and I just I'm wondering, no do Paul you Walker. think like That's... is Five going to be yeah. forever the high water mark, or do you think there's a chance that either one of these two movies or another spinoff or something, but specifically the next two, could they surpass Five? I don't think so, largely because the first one, it's like you know we've seen this so many times because we keep getting two parter franchise enders. Yeah. The first one is going to be setting up so many threads yes. that you're like, ping, 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 ping. So you'll have like, ooh, exciting reveal. Ooh, this. Oh, tw-. but because it's setting all of these things up, it has to end in an unsatisfying way because they want all of those people and more back for the second one. Mm. I do think the second one, I have high, ho- again, the just the fact that they knew, not just to keep Brian alive, but they knew that this audience was going to be down for that in um, Furious 7 ends with Dom just gets up and li- like Irish goodbyes <laughs> from a beach hangout to which yep. he's for yep. some reason driven there by himself. Although his girlfriend is sitting a foot away. Yeah. Or, sorry, wife. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to leave. Like, yeah, this is great. So he just like is going to leave. And then they knew, like, you know what? 
this audience is down for not only this like tear inducing, beautiful, like music playing and we're getting get these guys driving they showed flashback clips of paul walker from yeah. previous like yeah. they were like oh we're just gonna pretend this is the cw like strap <laughs> you know, get comfortable we don't care we're not getting an oscar like let's just do this and i think that the second one will lean into that as well like twilight did that when they ended oh, their yeah. second part like cool. they had full like they literally did like for like eight of the main characters like they they pause and we're like oh let's just flash back to all of the scenes we saw of them before and you're like all right why not the twiheads are gonna love this so i think that that one will be emotionally satisfying and i think the first one will have fun i would be shocked if there was a way that they either of them could be the standalone perfect nugget of deliciousness the fast five is yeah as much as I would love them to surpass it, I just, I think that we've got our, our leader on the leaderboard locked in there probably forever. So yeah. yeah, pole position to use a car term. Okay. Before we talk about this movie, we have some hard hitting either or questions. Are you ready? You can either explain your answer or don't. If you want to keep a little bit of mystery, it's up to you, but I'm going to ask mm. them either or for whatever, no wrong answers, whatever first comes to your mind is the right answer. Are you ready for these questions? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm ready. Are you more of a Brian or a dom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dom. And by okay. that, I do we get to explain? Yeah, you can if you want. I just want to say, like, I am more of a dom. Yeah. But that is why I am drawn to the Bryans. Okay. It's yin and yang. You okay. need okay. them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, a guest recently. I think it was either Nico or Keva. One of them was saying that the reason which really kind of shocked, rocked our world, really. The reason that Dom maybe canonically is so drawn to Brian is because he's trying to replace that Jacob-sized hole in his heart, and he's looking for another guy Mm -hmm. to fill that, you know, that brother scenario. And so there's something beautiful that's been all the way back that we've retrofitted somehow. So, yeah, I see Dom. A Dom needs a Brian. A Dom needs a Brian. Also, I really just like saying I'm Dom on a recorded thing <laughs> and knowing like what weird fetish shit that's going to end up oh, in yeah. later. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Well, I did that. So you hope your phone's close to you. You're going to get some good ads soon. Oh, so many good ads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Letty. Okay. Dom Letty. I like it. So now, in the first movie, Letty and Brian are doing dishes, and they're talking and they're flirting, and Vince comes in drunk and starts picking on Brian, and Mia asks Vince about the restaurant he wants to take Mia to, that she's going to say, Brian, you can take me there. But she describes it as little red candles, wood tables, the picadillo, food all over the place. So, Andrea, if we're like, hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast, you know, you're out in the New York area, we're going to take you out to dinner as a thank you, whatever, it's it's a great restaurant, it's got these little red candles, it's got these wood tables, it's got food all over the place. When we describe a restaurant as having food all over the place, what does that conjure up in your mind? What does that mean to you? Um, I'm definitely picturing, when I was growing up, we used to go to this restaurant called The Ground Round. And okay. the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the main thing I remember about it, because I was a kid, was they would give you, like, when you arrived, instead of, like, a bread basket or whatever, sh- uh, peanuts in shell. Yep. And mm-hmm. then you could drop the shells directly on the floor. Because as a kid, I mean, like, what's more exciting? That's just, like, breaking the rules. You so I hear a restaurant with food all over the place, and I just think of those shells littered as far as the eye can see. Which so it's not a good thing. Food. It's it's a bad. Well, it's a it's a 
it's a good thing, but framed within kind of messiness. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Are you more of a Tej or a Roman? Um. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Tej. Okay. I I love a Roman. <laughs> so kind of like the Dom and Brian, you're, you're a Tej seeking a Roman. Yes. Okay. In small bites. Small doses for sure, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get it. Now, this one, I think you might have a little bit of hometown bias in you, but are you more of a fan of In-N-Out or Whataburger? Okay, I've never had a Whataburger. Okay. That's a fair What answer. is a Whataburger? It's a Texas-based, like, all over Texas and sort of the, the oh. greater Texas area, mustard-based burger. They're not okay. really equivalent, but I was a fan of Whataburger and Joe loves In-N-Out, and so it just became yeah. a thing on the podcast, and so... Interesting. It's, it's, it, they're both sort of regional-ish, sort of. But are, So I guess a better question, are you a fan of In-N-Out? In-N-Out's okay. I would pick okay. Wendy's. Like, oh, if, okay. if I would Whoa. need to pick... Dark Horse. Yeah. I respect I it. Would, I will Tokyo Drift this answer. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the other thing to keep in mind is that there is always a door number three, that if you don't like either of these options and there's something else that like makes sense as an answer, by all means, go for that. Okay, good. <laughs> so this is a newer question. Would you say you are more fast or furious? Oh, I'm more furious. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you seem like a delight, but, you know, we still got time in the pod, so I don't know. Maybe we'll get to the furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's because you've just let me say everything I want to. Nobody told me my list was wrong. So, oh, okay. You know, okay. the pleasantness okay. just, just stayed in. It's also mostly, it's less that I have so much fury and more that I have so little fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you're one because of a lack of the other. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now, Drea, we go and we pull off a heist. We rob a bank in Rio. We have $30 million. We split three ways. Mm. We go to Atlantic City. We go to Las Vegas. We go to Monte Carlo. Wherever we're going to go, we go to the roulette table. Are you betting your money on red or are you betting your money on black? <laughs> you couldn't pay me to bet. Oh, I can't okay. even watch movies about gambling. For real. It gives me so much tension. Every time I'm like, are you stupid? Are you <laughs> so stupid? Don't do that. I hate, okay. I hate it. So now on that job, mm, yes. were you in the field with us or were you the man in the chair in HQ? Are you a racer or a designer? Are you doing the work or are you helping from headquarters? I'm helping from headquarters. Okay. It's a, but you know, I would love to be out there, but as I am a producer, so I've literally been the one who's like gets somewhere, does not leave the production house for or the office for 18 hours mm. and is like, yeah. oh, is everything good? Oh, it's raining. Oh, I didn't know. Like, yeah. I'm definitely in the in the war room. Love it. Are you more a fan of muscle, American muscle, or imports? What kind of car, if you have to pick between oh. American muscle and imports? American muscle. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's the dom in me. Obviously. It is exactly. the dom in you, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the word oil one syllable or two? <laughs> oil. Oil. Hell, it's two. Thank Isn't you. It? Perfect. Oh. I had such a commanding lead here, and then there has been a comeback to end all yes, comebacks, and I am search. so drastically oh, wow. outmanned oh, here. Okay, but yeah, okay. I think oil is two as well. I think technically it's one and a half, but I, I like. I think my correct answer is two, so I appreciate you there. Thank you. Okay. Very much. <laughs> Are you more a fan of Corona or Belgian ale? Um, I hate beer. Okay. It's okay. so gross. Oh, and now either of you, neither of you get those, huh? I'm really denying people points when I when I when I go on 
when I go the, my own route. Oh, no, 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 but that's fine. That. I, I okay, want you to totally be true okay. to yourself. Yeah, true, yeah, be true to you. Okay. Yeah. Beer is disgusting. And if you want to, I think it's a dare every time someone drinks it. Okay. Speaking of dares. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bold statement, but I, I respect it. Okay. Now to continue the question sort of about this movie on that job, you know, you're, you're the producer, you're the chair, but we're like, Drea, we need your help. We need you to come out here and you come out. And we're like, we need you to shine bright like only you and Roman do. We need you to <laughs> sing a song karaoke style to this room to distract the room. We need you to do this so that we can go to the other room and do the other thing. What song are you singing karaoke style to distract the room? Again, this is going to age me, but please know this is still decades before me. Uh, it'd be Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Okay. okay. And I want you to know I have both the range and the strength for that song. I kill okay. that song. Yeah. We we always get like great yeah. and different answers to this. Like everybody has like one that's their go to. They're like right? that one. We've gotten their, close to forty serious. songs and there's no repeats. Yep, oh, not interesting. One. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. All right. So similarly to the food all over the place, another thing that we're trying to suss out from this movie. If we describe someone as having no knees, for instance, no knees, Denise, the only thing I've seen you take down is no knees, Denise, at prom. What does that mean to you? If, if a person is described as having no knees, what does that mean? <laughs> no knees, Denise. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I may be vulgar. Yeah, of course. Um, And I'm going to tell you, I've never thought of this before, but on the spot. Well, that's the correct thing. You shouldn't think I of this shouldn't. Before. I it's shouldn't. I shouldn't. No, no, no. Way one-liner. Our just brains are broken, and we have explored this to an extent that is unhealthy. But I was going to say that this is certainly the kind of thing I would think about a lot more than warranted. Um, my adult reaction, yeah. in, in especially if I think of the context, would be Denise does not get on her knees. Okay. For a man, and okay. therefore she's no knees, Denise. Fascinating. All right. Do you do you remember that line from this movie or no? Because it's normal to not. No, okay. I, it sounds familiar, but I don't, I couldn't tell you which movie it's from. I'd be like, it's yeah, from this one. Like... They're around the table and Roman's complaining that he's the one who has to do all the work all the time. Leadership. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, I took that, that I took the plane out of the sky. And Brian says, the only thing I've ever seen him take down is no knees, Denise. And so he yes. says, really, Brian? You could, but like, we don't know. It's just that line. Ludacris it, laughs and it looks yeah. pretty genuine. Like I was yeah. watching it again this time and I was like, he, he got a reaction out of Ludacris that like, made it seem like that might not have been planned or Ludacris at least knows <laughs> knows who Denise is. Because the baby oil big-ass forehead line was a genuine Ludacris laugh. So we know yeah. what a genuine on-film yes. Ludacris laugh looks like, right? So, okay. If I may, I've actually worked with Mr. Chris Bridges. Oh, have you? Oh. He is a delightful, wonderful human. I can imagine and that. And I'm so happy for him for all of this. But yes, that was very much... I, I've driven him around in a minivan in Vegas. Oh, fun. Was he Ludacris or was he Tej from Fast and the Furious? Or was he just Chris? No, he I I called him Chris. He I worked on um, a reality show that almost no one has seen called Battleground Earth Ludacris versus Tommy Lee. And it was a it was meant to be um, it was comprised of all these ecological challenges. But basically, we went on the road with both of them for like three or four months and they had their entourages. And then each city we went to, they did a different like ecological challenge or whatever. And then it all culminated with this, this concert at the Greek in LA. And so the winner got to headline. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So it was super funny and super hard 
and we all got very close because of it. And so you're literally just like traveling. But he is a very, very smart man and a very good businessman and a very just lovely, professional, wonderful human. That's, That's awesome. awesome to yeah. hear. Thanks for the confirmation. Like, it's always good to hear. <laughs> right? that, like, you're not like, oh, that guy's this big shithead. And you're like, yeah. oh. Those are normally the reports you get. No. Yeah. 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 This is great. I will name drop my slight uh, Luda knowledge only because people should know he is as wonderful as you hope he is. I love it. Okay. A few more that we can talk about Furious 7. Yes. This also from this movie. Knowing you're safe either way. Yes. Would you rather drive a car into a plane as it's taking off or drive a car out of a plane and parachute safely to the ground? Which of those thrills is more your speed? Into a plane, out of a plane, you're safe either way. Oh, out of a plane. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Seems cool. It seems more fun. With yeah. a parachute on a car? That seems pretty fun to me. Yeah. Would you rather die in a fiery <laughs> explosion or by drowning in icy water? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, Fiery explosion, drowning. Drowning in okay. icy water. Okay. Yeah. No context. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Uh, the Dark Knight. Okay. Because it's less horrifying than Revenge yeah. of the Nerds yep. and that we let those jack off seem like good guys for so yep. long. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good yeps. Are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? Um, I am more of a Hobbs because as okay. you know, Shaw, I mean, we've, I've, I've mentioned you're not, you're not a thoughts. fan. Yeah. Yeah. Now the final question here, and this is a brand new one today because there's, sure. a, we had another one for F9 that I, I'm not thrilled with. I think it's too niche, but this is mm. one that you brought up before. I think I'm going to gauge based on the guest. Are you more a fan of Charlize Theron's hair and fate or F9, the mm. braids or the Karen cut? F9 is not a Karen cut. It is the simple Jack cut from Tropic Thunder. That's okay, true. Okay. And I am absolutely more a fan of that simple jack f9 okay yeah yeah and then the final question do you have a favorite character in the franchise is it brian um do i have a favorite character i mean it's clearly not shaw we know it's not shaw well and it's hard because there's plenty of stuff i would like about shaw if i could just not know so many of the other things oh i'm sorry of course i have a favorite character and it's han yeah i love han if I, could, great character. if I could make out with any of them, it would be Han. <laughs> if I could just be platonic roommates, it would be Han. Like, he just seems like the best, coolest dude. Do you think he'd be a good roommate, though? Yeah. You do you do? think he's messy or do you think he's I think clean? he's messy. No. He's not. Listen, that guy's always snacking, but you never once see a rapper around That's him. True. He, That's yeah, true. Yeah, the, the, Japanese, the Japanese fundamentals of, like, throwing his stuff away. Yeah. Spent a lot of time there. You're right. And we yeah. know from F9 that Roman is messy because he has candy bar wrappers all over the car, right? So, like, yes. that's a yes. snacker that doesn't clean, him after, clean up after himself. But Roman Han, would be a terrible roommate. Yeah, oh, for, for well, many yeah, reasons. And you know that. Yes, yeah. No, Han would be – he's the best. I love Han so much. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's that's hard to argue with. It's definitive. It's just he's also the, the only dude on those that's had a romantic storyline that I believed. Sure. Like, yeah, I enjoy the other ones, but I'm like, you guys are not hot for each other in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and Han, I'm like, oh, he loves her. Oh, she loves him. Our dream is to have a trilogy, a spinoff trilogy of films between five and six, where it's just them on adventures. Yeah, him and the girl. 
him and, him and Giselle. Giselle. Yeah, him yeah, and Wonder Gal. Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just said the girl. Yeah. You guys, how much money have they offered her like over the years? The last I don't. Couple I years? don't know. Not as much I as Wonder, Wonder Woman did. She's got. Oh come no, back. they've offered her more. Really? I guarantee it. Mm, yeah. She's like, no, no, no. Like for her to come back for like the final one in some small way, I can't even tell. They'd need to give her a country or something. Well, I think so. We we talked about this a couple episodes ago about because it's not just the money. I think my mm. my idea is that if they make one of these movies kind of about her like if they make her the narrative momentum and the weight sure. she gets to actually flex her acting muscles i think that might be more appealing than the country maybe not i think they the country would need, would be kind of cool. yeah but they would need if i may say they need a lot more runway than they have right now you know yes yeah. i would like, agree that's not going to happen with the two movies they have so now to kick off the conversation about furious seven there's a question we're asking every time and there's no wrong answer here. It's, again, just sort of creative. But we know – we didn't know until this this new movie that Dom had a brother in John Cena and Jacob, that he's been around since the beginning. In the world of this franchise, while this movie is going on, where do you think Jacob is? Is he mm-hmm. with them in Los Angeles? Is he with them – you know, wherever they're parachuting out of planes. Like, where is Jacob at this time? What do you think he's doing? Because we eventually get to the point where he confronts Dom in F9, but at this point, he could kind of be anywhere. So where do you think Jacob is in the time of this movie? I think that he is... He's in another country entirely. Okay. Um, I think he's been either studiously avoiding um, the same area or, yeah, just very intentionally keeping to his own but like knowing what's going on sure okay yeah and he's masterminding whatever nonsense operations that he's doing you know there's there's something fun thinking about <laughs> that is as just gargantuan and stupid as what we're watching in these movies that that's just like one element of gargantuan and stupid in this world is kind yeah. of delightful <laughs> like Oh, you should see what's happening over in Ireland. Like, yes. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. So now do you think at this time, is he still working for Mr. Nobody or has he severed ties with Mr. Nobody? Because we know that he at some point was working for him and then now is no longer. He's on his own now. Do you think he's still with Mr. Nobody or is he out on his own already? No, I think by this one, he is out on his own already. Okay. Yeah. This one's kind of hard to place. And I was thinking about it as I was watching this because... In this one, we catch up to six. I mean, well, we catch up to three, right? Yes, yeah, right. we're we get past like, three right. now. Yes, mm-hmm. we get the, we get the flashback to Tokyo Drift, and we now know from nine that an agent went rogue during Tokyo Drift. That's why Han died. So Jacob had to have been with her, with Mister Nobody before that, but we can say that he definitely wasn't with Mister Nobody during this because I think so. yeah, that was the crux, right? Yeah. So he has to be very, very close in Tokyo. I don't know if he's watching. I feel like he got got to be plotting in the background somewhere. But like that, I was piecing it into the timeline that like we know that Mister Nobody knew Jacob here, then also was broken up with him by the time they meet Sean, because like that right. was after Han died. So it's yeah, it's kind of. I think he got to be plotting, but. Okay, as I was watching this, just like as like a mini tangent, we know that Jason Statham like, you know, kills Han with the car, whatever, car flips. We never really know where the box comes from. And I was thinking like, what if the box was from Jacob because he had like watched what happened 
and Jacob sent the explosive box to, like, blow up his old house. Hmm. Interesting. Wait, so you think that 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 it wasn't from Shaw? Because Shaw does call him when it explodes. That'd be a like, very we, weird... Don't we see him, like, do this very, like, boink? Like, he pokes <laughs> his phone, like, I blow you up now. But he could just be hanging up. And, like, what are the chances that, like, he knew that, like, Dom would receive the box as he kills Han? Like, that's also very weirdly coincidental, right? Like, how would he be like, okay, FedEx priority overnight, but, like, I'll kill him at, like, 11 a.m.? But I doesn't he, to me, he, like, was, I don't know, you're right. I'm He's, like, walking out of the car, the- and I could see him calling him being like, I killed your friend, and the box being set, like, it seems just because, like, the way the movie is shot and, like, the timing of it that, like, he sent the box. But, like, we never see the boxes from him or have him say it's from him. That's true. I mean, it, it, this is all the things that, like, make all the sense in the world and also make no sense at all. So I think that's exactly fascinating. Well, you logic. could also make an argument that, like, Jason Statham's whole thing is he's got friends. Maybe Sen- Cena is one of his friends. Like, his yeah. whole thing is, you know, a mercenary We haven't seen them angle. together yet. You're so right. So maybe yeah. that's who delivered it. And he's like, oh, I know that's exactly where he is. And then he could have also, yeah, th- at that point, then if he's close enough to be like, oh, yeah, he's home right now. You should call him and then do a fancy boink. So maybe he's across. The he's he's in the he's in the house across the street that Joe Our and I house, rent. Our house, dream house. Yes, that we want to <laughs> we want to wake up each morning and look out and see thirteen twenty seven. I don't yes. want I don't want the Toretto house. I want the house across the street with the windows. So like when I look out of my bedroom window, just see the house. So yes. Jacob is there yes. spying on them. It's like okay, now we detonate. Okay, I like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. I'm of the mind. So there's a deleted scene, Drea, in F nine, or an extended scene where they're in that like. The, the foreign dignitary the thing, wherever, the yeah, the consulate or whatever. It's not, maybe it's not the con, yeah, whatever, yeah, yes. But the the foreign whatever where Dom pulls a gun on Jacob gets arrested, Cardi B bails him out. But there, there's a line in there that's that Jacob says, What do you think happened every time you took somebody down? Their territory just stayed crime free. The trans Braga, the Shaw's cipher, you paved the way for me. So I think he mm. sees this as an opportunity to take London. Owen Shaw is oh. in the hospital, Decker the is avenging his brother. It's easy to believe that Queenie is in jail, so yes, there yeah. is a there's an emptiness in the London crime ring, and Jacob's like, "This is my moment." So I think this that. is that's a really good plot. I'll buy thing. that. That is yeah. a really good idea. In my head, like he was definitely like keeping tabs, but trying to maintain like the idea that Dom wouldn't have sensed him or known, like that implies some kind of machination. But I do really like the idea of. Jacob secretly being involved in all of these and you could easily make that case yeah because it's hard to know like when he would have timed it to like take out Braga or the trans or because it could be any time right but like Mm. here it's like no there is a real power vacuum right now in London let me go do that thing yeah yeah I stand by that cool so now Drea the the floor is yours Furious 7 your second favorite movie favorite moments least favorite moments things that you love things that you hate questions you have wherever you want to begin Take it away. What do you want to talk oh. about with Furious 7? Oh, my gosh. No so hyperventilating. It's the, nothing but time, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, I love the idea. Of, there's just so much in this. This is an ensemble where they've taken time to figure out, you know, each of them has somewhat of an arc or something to prove. Some more minor than others but like all all of these characters get a hero moment the idea that even that thing that we alluded to earlier the like roman gets a chance to shine when they're in dubai 
And he genuinely loves that. And they're like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Lights lights on me. Let's do this. I'm at a daytime party. Why not? And so it's it's consistent so that each of them gets something to do and a moment to be special. And that also they're paying attention to a lot of interpersonal stuff, which I really enjoy. All of the things, it's really small, but the idea, like, again, Letty and Dom are straight up the most neutered couple you've ever seen <laughs> in any, like, it is... Have you seen the short film that Vin Diesel directed, Los Bondoleros? No, I haven't. It is, they're sexy together in a way in that that is almost completely removed from most of the other movies. There's <laughs> yeah. some there's some sexiness in the first one where he, like, picks her up by the ass and they go make out on the couch. Mm. But, like, it's largely asexual. But, like, Los Bondoleros so. is, like, we don't see it, but it's, like, they're on a fuck heavy, fest. Heavy tension. In yeah. the Dominican, and it's something all Was together. that made when they were actually dating? Because I've always wondered... Wondered, like, I don't know when that was. Yeah, Vin, Vin has such control over these, like such creative control. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it would not surprise me if he's like, "Here's the thing, my wife does not want me holding hands with Michelle, making out with Michelle. I can't have any scenes in bed with Michelle, um, and so I won't." But I also want everyone to know this is a love story for the ages. <laughs> so dare. So again, they like lay down another thing. So Dom and Letty are this fascinatingly neutered couple. But then also in this have this very like there is zero need to have woven through this whole backstory of, you know, she's she's of course you guys has had has amnesia. And, yeah. you know, and he is a man who's nothing but has a deep love of tradition and memory and all of those things no longer exist in her. They recreate the entirety of race wars just so they can, he can be like, no, we started this. Like, so you get all that, but the idea that you keep getting these sort of warm, intimate flashes in this reveal that they were secretly married and like their love means so much. It's, such a ridiculous thing to include and I love that they did and (laughs) I feel like there's so many things like that like they care about these characters there's an earnestness to these movies that really comes across in this and like you know the idea too of the scenes with Mia and Brian and of which we know she mostly shot green screen with like his brothers crazy it's crazy like all of this stuff and how heartbreaking that is but even that like it was this very important thing that what we were getting from all of these people and all of these reveals was their goodness and their earnestness and that even comes across like you know your whole reveal of what the hacker whose pronouns we have carefully avoided this whole time (laughs) is a woman (laughs) women no computers and that she's not only a woman she's like stunning and then there's like a five minute shot on her bikinied ass coming out of the ocean like that they do all that and yet you're still like you know this objectification seems friendly like there's (laughs) there's an attention to all of these things that seems good-hearted in a way and it it, there's something equally disgusting and endearing about them calling dibs on her it's like this is gross and objectifying but like they're kind of puppy dogs about it like it's it's in a way that is both like gross but also kind of okay like it's not good like i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's okay but like it's not as bad as it could be oh fully that's what i mean like these move and it's continued from the beginning there could be such a dude bro energy to these yeah. and there's not because the reality is like that woman outranks both those guys so much like she's yes. 
well above their weight class. So mm-hmm. like it is like clearly going to be in her hands should she choose either of them. And I feel like even after that dibs moment, someone else is like, Haha, you don't call dibs on a woman like that. Like right. you don't call dibs on a woman full stop, but also you guys are bonkers. And so that it sets up this genial thing and we're like, no, she's safe with them. And I'm not worried about any of those dudes being inappropriate with her. And that counts for something. I mentioned earlier, like, I love Tony Jaw. I'm such a Tony Jaw fan. I definitely saw um, Muay Thai uh, fighter in the theater, like, yeah. several times. He's so good. And there's so many people in these and almost no one gets used as much as you'd want. But Tony Jaw, like, it's that thing of, oh, we have this movie. And here it's, you know, here, what do we have? What can we do? Oh, I have Tony Jaw, who's like incredibly nimble and does this kind of fighting that works really well in confined spaces and that we're going to set this up for him to have two fight scenes in different set pieces. They're both going to be with Brian. So like Paul Walker gets these moments as if there's any world where sweet, slow American Paul Walker could keep up with Tony. (laughs) I made a note of that this time for the first time that I said, I wrote down in my notes, I'm sorry, but there's no way that Brian (laughs) wins that fight. Like I understand like it's a hero moment. It's a payback. Like it's the too slow because he did the thing before, but like, even with like ch- like cheating with by like not using his fist and like finding like environmental stuff, like there's no way, no way no. that Brian wins that fight. No, but again, we've already know in this when this movie, like I said, in the first five minutes, when the rock falls, however many stories onto like the top of a met a huge enormous armored truck or something blocking the fall of the woman on top of him. And all he does is like break a leg and an arm that are also going to be healed in time for him to carry a rip off the entire shooting. What gun thing, whatever that thing is like (laughs) off a tank. Yeah. Right. Like I'm like, no, there's no, don't even shush. Don't even worry about (laughs) science. Like none of this stuff's going to make sense. Just enjoy the fact that the rock is going to rip this huge, enormous thing. That's not, meant to be carried by a human man like it's so silly but it's it's so good and and (laughs) yeah and so like tony jaw fighting paul walker is the same thing like no like it makes sense when that fight ends with tony jaw sitting on paul walker as they slide down something that tracks yes 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 that seems about what they can both handle in that scenario but it does like you you get all these beautiful uses of like Oh, I have Tony Jaw. How do I want to shoot him? And it's like, oh, give him small things to jump through and whatever. And, <laughs> and they do. I like that. I think the person that does, for all the things I love, I wish my boy Jimon Hansu had a little more uh, to chew. He's our bad guy. And there's like always, there's just the stupid tech MacGuffin of like God's eye. And I'm like, isn't this, this, is this like the <laughs> knock list from the first Mission Impossible yeah, somehow? Yes, like, yes. it's just like, okay, this thing we need in life's going to be terrible if it gets, And okay. he, he really gets the short end of the stick here because like, yes. y- you think of this movie as like Deckard is the villain and he's also the other villain who like kind of teams up with Deckard, but like not really, like people don't remember, yeah. like, you, you remember him, but like, this is not his movie. This is a Dom versus no. Deckard, brother versus bro- whatever, yeah. right? Like, yeah. This yeah. Is, we did him dirty a little bit. Yeah. So that's the big thing. Like, like you said in this one, because we've already moved past like Dom loves squaring off against a bad guy and Jason Statham actually makes him look tall. Like it's, it's just this, this exciting world for him. Yeah. And Jason Statham's a wonderful villain in this. Like 
he does start up like he starts off so terribly that opening shot he's in this hotel talking to his like unconscious brother and then the pullout reveal that oh you've killed everyone on your way in or i said <laughs> hotel i meant hospital but like you've killed everyone into the hospital yeah oh cool like you're horrifying sociopath and so that's fun and then blending that with Sure, and you also love cars. Well, that helps because you're about to meet a real car guy. <laughs> that they keep having these amazing, like, is, you think this is a street fight? And they're, like, pulling, like, <laughs> telephone poles out of the ground and shit. Like, it's so funny and so stupid. And I feel like, although they're deadly serious because they take it seriously and you want them to, it seems like so much fun. Like, okay, so for this one, we're going to be on a rooftop somebody's going to blow and I'm going to stop and the whole roof's going to crack right where I want it to. Like, <laughs> it's so silly and wonderful. And they get all around the world too. I really love the more they travel, the happier I am. Not for the carbon footprint elements of it, but like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. First off, how dare I, we have been talking for over an hour and I have not mentioned them leaping a car Twice through yeah, towers. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys, how dare I? I three. R- Honorable. Rip my qualifications away. Like, that is the funniest and best thing. Like, first off, I was like, I knew something was up because I'm like, why is this party in daylight hours? What about this? Like, you always want to shoot at night. Everything looks better at night. You shoot at night. You wet the streets. This is for anything. That's for a Hardee's commercial. Like, <laughs> shoot at night, wet the streets. It looks better. I'm like, well, why? Actually, it, so do they explain that away? Is it like they're having a party for the longest day of the year? Is that the is that yes. the theme with this party? That's so, what like, they set it up. But okay. Like, even then, you're like, cool. So what? It makes, <laughs> it makes no sense. And Roman's like, they party like this every day. And I'm like, uh-uh. Who wants to be day drunk every day? No, thank me. you. Right, me. Well, yeah. You, Joe, you. Yeah, sorry. But this one, I was like, why are they? I truly was wondering the setup. Oh, my God. I'm also oh, I'm so glad that I remembered this whole sequence because it's reminding me my other favorite thing about this movie, of which I have so many favorite things. When you ask yourself, is there a woman who can give me a more wooden performance than Gina Carano? And then Ronda <laughs> oh, yeah. Rousey is yeah. like... Hold this plank of wood. I can do it. <laughs> like, she is so amazingly bad. Like, she's wonderful. Great. Let her punch whatever she wants. She has, like, four lines and none of them sound These like human me. language. Yeah, the, yes! the party's bore me to death is the worst line in any piece. Like, it's... No, no. This one... Oh, so, the, okay. I, the I, ghost I have a defense... Girl. The ghost oh, girl thing in this okay. one. And then I heard, like, this was the first time I was really latching onto it. And they're like, ghost girl, ghost girl. Because it, like, like. It echoes, yeah. Yeah, she, like, starts to spin and get, like, dizzy about it. And they, like, keep. Re- I was like, who thought that that was a good line? And then was like, the sound editor was like, yeah, let's reverberate that. That'll yeah, is, I guess, you know, I, I will I will not defend her as a person or her, you know, vaccination or whatever beliefs, Gina Carano, but I will defend her performance in six. I cannot defend Ronda Rousey in this or Iggy Azalea in this. I do. So there's another thing in this movie, uh, a line reading that, Joe, you have picked out, picked on a lot, which is at the end, Brian yelling to Dom to breathe. I will say, though, I have a defense of it this time that I've never heard before. I think Brian, this entire movie, is in, like, EMT mode. Because, like, when Ramsey is, you know, all, like, messed mm-hmm. up, he's, mm-hmm. like, she's in a state of panic. And he, like, talks her off the ledge. And then when she comes to after they crash. Yeah, he checks to see if she has a concussion. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. he's being 
like a paramedic in this movie. Like it doesn't explain why, but no, like, he at would, the end, as a former as a former officer, he would be trained in basic medical, yeah. right? So I think yeah, I think that whole breathing at the medical. end is that he's trying to do his job as like a I. It might be over the top or whatever, but I, I I got a sense that he was doing paramedic EMT stuff in this for the like, in a way you that how many was paramedics genuine. just yell at their fucking patients though. Maybe you're not around enough breathe. paramedics. <laughs> you know, it's the man he loves and his <laughs> girlfriend's brother, and it's you know he just they just escaped an action scene. I think that's totally fine. Yeah, he's yeah. a little flustered. He's a little flustered. Yeah, that's true. That, the entire sequence in Abu Dhabi makes me happy. There's the dumb beach moment. Again, when I say the words dumb and stupid, every time that's a compliment. They're like, endearing. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, stress yeah. that. Like, please be so stupid, movies. They're at the beach, sure. And then they like, oh, we got a guy. We're going to get into the hottest party in the day. Like, so they go to this party. <laughs> and as much as Ronda Rousey's like such a terrible actress, I still was like, yes, thank you. Please dress up Letty to fight. Why not? Yes, like, I don't yes. want to see the same dirty jean, too short okay. take. Like, yep. do it. And then to <laughs> to escalate from there to not only do Dom and Brian go to get the car, they walk in and Dom is immediately like, well, obviously part of the plan is I'm just going to be a, a human jack. And he <laughs> picks up the car. And I was like, really? Like, all your contacts, all your whatever, you couldn't figure out like a jack that fit in your like leg pant or what okay pick up the car guy and that they're like tooling around and that the, that whole thing just made me so happy like yes yes he's gonna pick up the car oh what they're gonna drive out yeah oh they're gonna drive out of this building oh there's no brakes they're gonna also have to drive out of the next bu- yes and that's why it's during the day because those shots are worthless at night like uh uh-uh, yeah, we don't got time for true. a nighttime party Let's get these people some champagne at noon so we can light this proper. It's beautiful. When they were dressed up in this one, the, um, this watch through, I was getting like really big James Bond vibes. Sure. Oh, like, yeah. I hadn't really thought of that before, but like, you know, we're always like, oh, you know, like this one was clearly influenced by whatever, but like this whole party sequence and like getting something in a party and being kind of in tuxedos and Letty being oh, in yeah. a dress, I was just like, this was the I dare you to write a James Bond scene into these Fast and Furious yeah. movies, and this is what you get. And people love that. Like the, you know, when else are we going to get to see these people dressed up? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be for some very specific. Oh, we got to do this for this heist. Even all the other stuff they do, they're still like, oh, it's okay if we dress like very like wealthy dirt bags. And they they call it out too. They're like, you can't. I can get you an invite, but you can't. You can't be looking like that. Yeah. And then they do the slow mo walk down the stairs. That slow mo walk yeah. was good enough that it almost made up for the fact that I did not get um, a montage of them trying on uh, evening there's, wear. There's a deleted scene that they're kind of like. <gasps> oh, where yeah, where Dom brings Ramsey her dress, right? Yes. So it's not like they're like trying it on, but the, and like he says something weird. He delivers a line weird. I remember he like. He, he mumbles something that we couldn't what dom says she tries to escape and that's when she's you know she's like having she's worried i think about her implications of god's eye and stuff like that about how it was oh the the word of the hour she says god's eye was a dare to myself prove how good <laughs> it was i knew it was dangerous i had to finish it. it was brilliant i knew i should have destroyed it but but then there's another scene where like they after they're all dressed up they say, well, well, this is the most mafia I've seen this crew look. Roman, I'll tell you that's a good thing. 
Yeah, but I remember, like, they're kind of, like, in a dressing room, and it's, like, Ramsey and Dom. They're in her hotel room, yeah. yeah. No, I want a full, I want Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun playing. Okay, yeah. I want them all trying on, like, oh, and this hat? No, you're crazy. Goofy like, song, three, three-sided three yes. mirror, they all just, like, come out and jump. Like Yeah, yeah. exactly. Say That's yes to I'm the dress style for. kind of situation. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So those are those are definitely all highlights for me though. For sure. Is there anything about this that you don't like anything that you don't love about Furious 7? Or is it just that Fast 5 is as we talked about before sort of like untouchable like it just it's smaller and it's more compact and whatever. I think it's the smaller more compact. There's also the sense like I couldn't tell you which of these threads I would have either tightened or removed, but it felt like there was like one it's it's the whole idea like of Jimon Hansu yeah. being this like bad guy that it's you know it's it's fine when we're like, no, these stories are all a dare and nothing really means anything. But for him I'm like, what he's just some anonymous bad guy who knows about this thing and wants it and so like there's no real stakes other than you know, like there's no texture to those. There's no backstory and i get that like not everyone would be woven in and that's why they keep taking um villains and like turning them into good guys because they love weaving those things in but that just felt a little inert to me like something about the whole like god's eye and then we're doing this because it is that thing like i feel for the most part it does a really good job of giving them all something to do and like that whole final sequence right they are sent and like oh you three you three cars are driving around and this woman is for sure gonna leap back and forth through doors (laughs) at 80 miles per hour there that's your job and then you know like they each have tasks and brian has his whole you have to get the satellite up and what you know like they all have things but because of that when you get to the final thing i'm like okay i didn't notice or care like the fact that Jimon Hansu dies and like there's a the whole thing blows up and you're like yeah okay like it doesn't <laughs> you know like okay that doesn't matter it's because you've put all of your emotional weight into Shaw so it's you know you can't spreading them you know I think sometimes when you divide villains up too much it's it's it doesn't give you a good focus yeah because I feel like the emotional beats here are Dom versus Deckard obviously so I'm trying to think if you remove Mosey Jaconda. You also need to remove Ramsey, which is unfortunate. And then, right. like you were saying, I think nobody else has anything to do. It's just, it's really just yeah. Dom right. against Decker. For me, even- honestly, I personally, my tweak of it would have been Dom and Shaw. Of course, they should be like, you know, butting up. Those, those are the two guys right. against each other. When we first see him, he's confronting The Rock and they have the exact same dynamic. I'd rather have The Rock be the one who knows Jimon Hansu's character because oh. The Rock is literally a trained in espionage and global whatever. And so when he shoots the final thing and gets the grenades, then that would have been, you know, redeeming in some kind of way. Instead, does he even really know who he's shooting at? He's like, oh, that's the helicopter. That must be the bad guy. Like, Because the other thing that's weird is that in like some of these movies, everyone, everywhere they go knows Dom. They're like, oh, that's Dominic Toretto, blah, 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 whatever. But then here, Mosey Jaconda's like, who is this man that there stand up to me? Just like, I don't, like, how do you not know? Because like everybody else seems to know. So there's a weird yeah. disconnect there too. So I think that's, I think that'd be interesting. But I guess, what was The Rock shooting? Like the Scorpion King or whatever? He was shooting some movie that he couldn't. Yes. Yeah. So No, but they ended up pushing it. He wasn't even supposed to be able to do this at all. And then it got delayed so much, right? And then he was able to do it, like... So now here's a question about that, not about this movie, but mm. the, the the reports and the trades 
The Rock has said, I'm not coming back to the franchise. <laughs> Joe and I think that's wrestling promotion. That's just bluster that, like, they're like, Ooh. he's never coming back. And then... Because he has to, right? He has like, to. I, is there any version of the world where he does not come back? I do. I think there's a version he doesn't come back, largely because, wrestling aside, the absolute insult of, you know, the last thing that Vin Diesel really said about this was essentially... He set up all of their animosity to pull a performance out of The Rock as yeah. if The Rock was such a bad – like there's oh, yeah, a his level Fellini of in- comment, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a level of insult to that that's like so much <laughs> bigger than – I could right. see him yeah, – that's a deep cut. It's like, yeah. it's like he, he sucked so bad I needed to try this to make it – I still think that's color. part of the whole thing though. Like I think that's yeah. part of this marketing. But I also like if that's not like – Oh boy, that's that's crazy. (laughs) I guess it's because like he was doing press for the Jungle Cruise when that came out, and he and Emily Blunt, there was all this stuff where she was like, uh, and she's like a respected Academy Award nominated, like, do you know what I mean? This incredible actress. And he just in the saving face of because people kept bringing it up. And so I just saw like one interview, but in a whole day of junkets, he probably had that brought up a thousand times. And he's in front of this like trained (laughs) actress that he's friends with and respects. And so at that point, it's like, um, and there's the thing of, sure, there's tons of wrestling, like the market, but like, if this is, you know, sure, maybe The Rock, but would Dwayne Johnson go back for more for that? Do you know what I mean? It's a very good point. Okay. Uh, it's a bummer, but I, I see, I get it. So. But who knows? I can also see Vin as someone who really likes being a producer, has made a lot of great calls on these in terms of knowing his audience and, uh, yeah, I do think if he ass-kissed enough after the, the ninth one, or sorry, the tenth, the first part, then it could be possible. Cause, but it would entirely, it would, he would have to be a producer and not be Vin Diesel's star. Because the producer would set it up like, listen, man, if you don't come back for the final one, the fans, you know, like he'd have to set yeah. it up yeah. for um, The Rock to look so Heroic. magnanimous by doing yeah. that, you know? But who knows if he could swallow his own ego enough to do it. So so I have another I have another question we don't normally ask, but I think based on your passion for this movie, you might you might have an answer. So we've talked to other friends and other guests on here about how things maybe changed or def- definitely changed or whatever after Paul dies. And one thing we've heard is that they thought the Elena storyline in Fate was maybe meant for Mia. That Mia was meant to be kidnapped and it was going to be a Brian thing, but they can't really do Brian and A because it's too soon or whatever. Say, I don't know if this is actually fair or not, but like imagine a world where Paul doesn't die, that he's in the movies. Where does the Elena character go? Do you think that it's still the same story in Eight that she's abducted and there's the baby and whatever? Or does Elena just stick with Hobbs? Like, it struck me this time and I don't know the answer to that, but like... Where do we think Elena goes if there's a version of the world where the Brian character is still in play? I think she goes to wherever. Oh, uh, who's in um, Too Fast, Too Furious? The Monica Fuentes, Ava Mendez, Ava Mendez. Yeah, I think Ava Mendez and okay. Elena are hiding. Are like get like for some reason paired up on something. Like desk and they're jobs. like, look, we yeah. love we love girl power. Remember we let those women fight in. Tokyo and now these two are like <laughs> I'm sure it'd be some something like that because they get called on their their like, and they and they can get to, they can talk about how they're characters. underserved in these movies and also in relationships with beautiful Hollywood leading men right exactly so, exactly yeah. okay I like that. that's a good answer it would make 
a ton of sense as a Brian and Mia, the kidnapping of it. The only, and because you could still have Charlize pulling, because Mia is Dom's sister. Like, yeah, best, exactly. That's best of both kidnapping worlds. Because really. it makes, it almost makes more sense than like, like I know that it's his kid, that baby Brian is his kid, but like he's moved on. Like he's back with Letty. And so Elena yeah. being there, I don't know. Plus yeah. we get like the whole, like Mia's pregnant again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like that's yes. set up in this it's one, right? Yeah, perfectly set up oh, to be like sure. uh, that's what's for gonna sure. happen. It's a good point. Do you think? Do you think that Dom ever gets mad that Mia stole the name Jack, considering his dad was named Jack, and he can't name his kid Jack, so he has to name him after um, the Buster? First off, Dom named his firstborn son after his very much alive best friend. Oh yeah, so yes, he yes, clearly yes, does it's, not it's care if there's multiple names floating weird. within. Like, he would absolutely name his next kid Jack anyway. Like, we know, like, I know what they're Two doing, Jacks. but, like, name the baby Paul. Yeah. Just be like, hey, Paul. It's so, that is the the most thud moment. Like, again, like I said, I think they handled Paul Walker's untimely and tragic death so well of how they handled Brian. But I think the bit, the, the only kind of dark is... Why would you name your child after yeah. your living best friend? Like, if I did that, it would be because my best friend was a billionaire and I wanted to be in their good graces. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. There would be a reason, you know, like, what? So why, why your sense. firstborn is going to be named Elon? Yes. <laughs> no, yes. what is it? Alpha? What is X it? Ash A X A Ash 12. Whatever. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh my God! They're named the same thing. That's so crazy. Oh, weird. We, we should, should be give best you half friends. my money. Yeah. Joe, did you pick up anything new this time? I was mostly thinking about the timeline of you know because yeah. like this now takes place and we know where Jacob was. You know, I'm just trying to like rewatch these through the lens of like if Jacob exists and like yeah. where is he really at and these things. So. I feel like the closer we get to nine, the more almost concrete. Like again, we don't know if we're right or wrong, but it feels like the more right we can be because we're yeah. closer to now we at least yeah. know some things and like yeah. we're like we're getting uh, that's what i think i'm doing is like i'm working to like establish like closer endpoints like i'm bringing the goalposts back so that like when we watch through again you're like okay if we know in 7 that this is where he is then from 6 you can go back and like kind of backtrack so yeah i'm impressed i didn't even think to retrofit jacob into this so i'm yeah, glad that was you joe's did. that was joe's idea because we every lap we have a different like theme or different thing so this this mm. time we're doing it's it's just kind of the jacob because we found out like because again this movie was supposed to be out a year and a half ago and it finally came out this year whatever right in past laps we're like what's the first thing you think of when you think of this movie or like whatever whatever favorite and like car yeah. favorite car and this is just you know it, it makes sense that in a in a lap where we're watching these movies kind of for the first time knowing that dom has a brother where yeah. was he? So, yeah. Two more very minor things that I, I noticed this time. So, you know, Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody talks about the war between shadows and ghosts. And I'm like, ooh, yes. Jacob, a shadow or a ghost. So there we go. There's one. Mm. And I also think that Roman's fear of being in the plane, in the car in the plane, is a nice either foreshadowing or growth moment for him in space in nine. That he's got an issue with heights, ah, but he overcomes it in nine. Nice. I like that. No, it came to mind when he's in there, and it is very funny because, again, like, you have this very masculine, very whatever, who's like, yeah, I'm comfortable enough being such comedic foil that I'm going to bitch out on this mission. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> that's fine. I'm fine with that because I think it's a reasonable stance to take. I and think they're so, like, too. No, you don't get to take that stance. We're going to eject you. But, yeah, I do. The, there's probably 
I'm sure when you watch it again or when you hit um, nine again, maybe there's some uh, small inference to it. Very possible. The only thing, and I have one more thing, and this is actually something you said about, you know, the macho being able to, like, subvert that, is that I I have to have heard this line before, but I feel like maybe I didn't. But when they're dressed up, we were talking about before... Letty says to Dom, you look handsome. And Dom says a thing that I've never heard, I would never imagine he says. He says, I feel awkward. I know that he feels uncomfortable in this dressy, but like, he's showing vulnerability in a way that I'm just like, that's not very Dom Toretto of him. I feel awkward. It's like, oh. I think it was more of like a, like a, like he's like, I'm such a grease monkey car guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly came across to me less like, ooh, I don't, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm exposing good myself and showing my feelings more like, I can't be comfortable in stuff I can't fight. Yeah. In. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> and the people wear jeans and shirts with no sleeves. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Drea, do you have any more notes or do you want to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Oh my gosh! Get to that. All right. I want to find out. So we created a, we found online a long time ago, a BuzzFeed style quiz. And we're like, this isn't very good. We can make a better one. So we made a better one. So there are seven questions, six answers per question. Again, no wrong answers, whatever you feel best describes you or whatever. And we're going to find out which character you are. So are you ready to find out which character you are? Oh my, I'm so ready. Question number one, I, I know based on this is going to be a difficult question based on the uh, thing you said earlier, but how fast are you? Which we know not very <laughs> fast, but are you NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Vespa. Okay. Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie set that one time. Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? These are amazing. <laughs> well, obviously Jack McBrayer. Okay. Yeah. Dre, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you on the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? I know you think beer is disgusting, so probably not that one. <laughs> are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? I'm saying grace. Okay. In a, in, a, in a more spiritual than a faith-based religion way. but Yeah, grace. it doesn't need to be cool. that. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. I mean, this is a franchise where they say th- they give thanks to God for fast cars, right? Like anything yeah. goes. Yeah. Sure, sure. However you want to say grace, it's, it's totally fine. Yeah. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? <laughs> um... Working on my computer. Okay. Yeah. Drea, please describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. I'm never getting married. Nice. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage. A private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My child at home. A fleet of cars. Or a new life. A plane. Okay. I mean, you know how I feel about gambling. I've really, I've really already sort of shown my cards on a few of these. Yeah. Truly. Final question, and mm-hmm. this is going to, de- to decide it all. What oh is my. your drink of choice? Belgian ale. We know it's not that. Corona. We know it's not that. Something fruity. Water. Whatever's cheapest or just Joe's getting a drink. Just get me one of whatever you're having. <sighs> you guys, I'm a water girl. Okay. I don't know if you got a new character or not. You had some good answers there. You were a new character for a very long time. 
Oh and no! And then you you pivoted. You've had somebody, but you're you're a great character, Drea. You are Ramsey. That is a great character. Oh, Inappropriate okay. for this movie. Okay. Drea, you aren't what you seem like at first glance, and you often take people by surprise. Material things don't mean all that much to you because you live in the best parts because you live the best parts of your life in your own mind. Solving problems, learning new skills, inventing things, there's nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it, but that can also sometimes distract you from the world around you. Luckily, your analytical mind also allows you to quickly and accurately size up people, letting you know who to avoid and who's worthy of sticking your neck out for. Family helps keep you safe, so you help keep your family safe, and you drive or hack like like the the wind wind blows. (laughs) <laughs> that's fantastic i'll take that you know that's i watched it. this whole movie and was like god i'm pretty sure i look exactly like her. <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's a, i think you know we've we've got a couple of ramses in the family i think ramsey is a great character to I have because oh, and i love her in nine too man like she's really come back yeah. hard with the driving yeah. Oh, that whole, forget it, the magnets. Yeah. She's so good at that. The co- Their comedic timing's wonderful, yeah. All right, we have one more game to play this called This Ain't No 10-Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and we find any tweet from anyone who we think might like our show. So if you found one already, you can send it to me on uh, Zencaster or email it to me, or if you want to find oh, one damn. now. But we're going to review last episode's guesses to see if we score any points. So a, there's a scoring system. I will say right now, this game is wildly difficult, almost impossible. It, it shouldn't be, but it is. So we find the tweet, we retweet it, and we just say, boy, do have a podcast for you. We can customize it if we want. People don't respond to these. I don't know if they think we're a robot. I don't know what it is. <laughs> But it is so hard to score points. So if you don't get any points, it's totally fine. But we're going to review last episode's picks. I found Ross Miller at Ross T. Miller, who did three pictures. He did the cover of the Fast and Furious 9 F9 Blu-ray, then a close-up of the thing that says Director's Cut, and then a picture of Bong Joon-ho saying to me, that's cinema. And I said, boy, do we have a podcast for you and Bong Joon-ho, maybe? Uh, Ross did not care. No points. Joe, you found uh. Beautiful City at Beautiful City, who said, should I use the cash back I've gotten on my Capital One card the last few months to buy the F9 director's cut on Blu-ray? Oh my God. And you said, or we said, we love credit card rewards and the director's cut of F9. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. And then Heather, who was on our most recent F9 episode, found Todd Munson at The Munson, don't know why they called it F9 the Fast Saga when F9 they go to fucking space was sitting right there. <laughs> we said Fast and Furious 10 to infinity and beyond. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Todd liked it. So Heather gets one point. Good job, which Heather. Which is very exciting. Heather is now up to three points. So, Dre, just for reference, Heather has played this game ten times, maybe more with us, and she has three mm. points. So, again, okay. very low stakes. But this is... One of my co-hosts on mm-hmm. Maximum Film, Ify Wadiway. And I picked this tweet in sp- particular because it's him in a car posing weirdly. <laughs> and the caption is, whip dirty, but the drip clean. Mm-hmm. 
it's not directly about this franchise, but I mean, it's all right there. It's all right there. So what would you like to say to Ify? How do you want to phrase this? If you want to at yourself to give yourself like uh, a little bit of a boost, whatever you want to do, how are we going to get Ify's attention? What do we want to say? And it's going to link to the show page as a board of a podcast for you. So how do you want to customize this to grab his attention? Yeah, like put me in there. You guys, marketing is not my... Normally, I'm a... <laughs> Again, I, I phrase this because the, uh, it is so difficult. I mean, this is like, this feels like more of a slam dunk. Is, yeah. the, the podcast is dirty, but the editing's clean. Oh, see, there you go. That's on theme. Right? I'm going to put them in Z's at the Drea Clark says hi. Yes. <laughs> from this episode. Yes. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And if we can't get him to like or interact with this, with him, with name dropping done, you, dude, we're done. I mean, yeah, there's very few people that my name should count with. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Joe, what is yours? Do you have one that you have found? I do. I do. It's from a little bit ago, but I was basing it on um, Drea's speaking about these movies this time. And it's uh, Logan likes movies at LVW likes movies. F9 is loud, dumb, and fun. Continues the trend of increasingly ridiculous action set pieces that will exhilarate you while leaving you questioning whether there's any sort of logic left in the world that this franchise is set in. Get on its wavelength and you'll have a good time. Truly. And I just want to say, we live our life that wavelength at a time. What's a good, like, <laughs> wavelength? We but, live like, our life one wavelength at a time. The perfect. Yes, 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 yes. Boy, do we have a podcast. That's what I wanted. Thank you. Thanks for the help. It was a team. It was a team effort. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Drea inspired you to find the tweet and I nailed down the wording. So I'm going to go with uh, the Matt Moen at recommended or no, uh, at the Matt Moen recommended for you on Twitter. And this is 10 theme ideas for the next Met Gala. The Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. (laughs) Tokyo Drift. But hold on. Hold on. There's there. It's getting to a thing. Fast and Furious. Furious 6, Fast and Furious 7, The Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, F9, The Rainforest. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That works. I'm going to say, we, we don't like that you snubbed Fast 5, but we do love that you added The Rainforest. Yes. <laughs> Strong proponents of, we're pro-Rainforest on this podcast. What of a podcast for you? Yeah, I did the pro-Rainforest in this podcast. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Because what I searched for Furious Seven F Nine to see if somebody had like made some like kind of astute point between the two, but that's perfect, and the answer yeah. is no. But this guy <laughs> did this thing, so you know, I like the maybe jokes, we man. Like even if like you just shared that joke with someone, yeah. makes me happy. Well, Drea, thank you so so much for joining. Thank this you. was an absolute blast. Uh, I hope you had a good time because we loved talking about this movie with you. I absolutely did. Thank you so much for having me, and for unlike the party time in Abu. Or in Abu Dhabi, you guys did this extra late to accommodate my West Coast schedule because we don't do a daytime party here. No, no. And like not you at said all. earlier, we don't have friends; we have family. So of course, you know, you're doing us a favor by coming on here. We're happy to bow to your schedule and do it whenever you want. So thank yeah, you so much for joining. You. Where oh, can people welcome. find you? What do you want to plug? Where should our listeners get more of you or your show or anything you want to share? Anything you want sure. to share? Sure. Um, I am sporadically on twitter at the drea clark 
And um, yeah, like we said, I have a movie podcast that I host with comedian Ify Wadiwe and film critic Alonzo Duralde called Maximum Film. And you have to say it like that because there's an exclamation point in it. <laughs> Love it. Um, that fits the intro <laughs> so good to this show this time. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Thank you. Good, good. And um, yeah, it's in the it's on the Maximum Fun Network and we have a wonderful time and I really enjoy it. And I really like when people listen. But cool. yeah, that's... That's mostly that stuff. And then everything else I do is, you know, behind the scenes where the in the in the dark, dingy bunkers where the string pullers are. It's where I live, too. So don't worry yeah. about that. What was the name <laughs> yeah. of that weird show that with with Ludacris and Tommy Lee? What was the name of that again? Oh. And can we watch it anywhere? Or is that just been scrubbed? No, Battlefield it's, Earth. It's Battleground Earth. Ludacris versus Tommy Earth. Lee. It was supposed to be the flagship reality show for a. Uh, like a new discovery channel network that lasted like a minute. I don't even know oh. if they all aired. I'm in one episode. Like that's <laughs> how it's, it's one of those reality shows that is very heavily like, so in this scene, you guys are saying like, um, yes, it was so ridiculous. And it was the hardest job I've ever had. One of those things that's like production can be terrible. And that one was terrible, but I made some of my best friends. So there you go. That's how it Trade works off. though. Right? Like, yeah. The hardest times where you find some of your best best buds when you suffer yeah. through it together. I feel trenches. like now that there's the Discovery Plus app, they should give you a call back and say, We gotta do Battleground Earth too. Like I can't even find this online. Oh so I want God. more I want I just want Ludacris in things where he's playing himself and he's battling Tommy Lee for some reason. That just sounds like so weird that I'm into it. It is so strange. Like again, every city had a different like when we were in Vegas, for instance, mm -hmm. it's like they come up with this idea of, you know what, what would save water is when people shower together. Let's make the world's biggest shower. How do we get in the Guinness oh, Book of World Record with the world's biggest shower? So then we made a shower like at an outdoor like Vegas pool party. And there were like hundreds of people in it. And it did end up like Guinness certified. Like it was so weird. <laughs> it was I so love weird. It that sounds beautiful, though. I love it. Yes. If there's one takeaway from this episode is go find, however you need to find it, find Battleground Earth and watch it, or just make the world's biggest shower, and then Guinness will come and take care of it, too. Yeah, so I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Joe, next week, next episode, yes. we are doing another patron pick. Alex Ellen wants us to watch Redline. So there are two movies called Redline. One is terrible. I've never seen either of them. One is terrible, and Reportedly. one is good. Reportedly. Reportedly. I mean, also, according to literally everything that I've seen about these movies, one okay. is terrible, one is good. Alex, of course, because Alex is Alex, wants us to watch the terrible one. So next week on the feed, we are watching the terrible Redline. Okay. However... After we watch that one, we're going to do a Patreon bonus episode of The Good Red Line. I don't know what either's about. I'm assuming they're both about cars. One might be animated. I don't know. But <laughs> Red Line, Red Line, the original title title for the first movie, right? Based on the Race for X. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. We're going to watch two Red Line movies next week. One from Alex. One despite Alex, I guess. But that's what's coming up next week. <laughs> I bet on neither the of them will be a thin Red Line, though. No, these no, are all no Terrence thicker, Malick. thicker red lines. I'm yeah. going to do a Terrence Malick lap and watch, make Joe watch all Terrence Malick movies. We we watched one. We watched Song to Song. Remember Song to Song, Joe, for for Gosling? Goss to Goss. Yeah, Goss to Goss, where blonde Natalie Portman. With, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, Dre, in that movie, like, I was watching the movie, and I was, like, way deep in it, and I was like, who is this blonde-looking Natalie Portman in this movie? Uh, Joe I was told like, me later, it Natalie was blonde Portman? Natalie Portman. <laughs> 
So sometimes, you know, that's the level we're at right now. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to do a whole Terrence Malick lap. We'll, we'll do the Thin Red Line. We'll do Song to Song again. Who knows? It's all perfect. It all blends in. But yes, two Red Lines next week. Uh, one good, one bad. But both going to be fun on here. So do that thing. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com on our store, TooFastTooForever.shop. Come back next week for two versions of Redline, one on the feed, one on the Patreon. And, you know, after that, we'll be back to, I think, Fave the Furious. But, you know, we'll talk about that next time. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Drea Clark of the Maximum Film! Exclamation point <laughs> podcast. And we'll tell you all about it. We see you again.